0: and we're live. You're tuning to The Cosmic Children Podcast. I'm your host Kevin and so today I have a very interesting individual in the studio with me. I find it quite hard to describe what this individual does because I find it to be fascinating. So to to kickstart the conversation, how would you describe what you do?
1: All right so hi my name is Perlin. Um, I generally now introduce myself as an intuitive reader, yoga teacher and Quantum activator and facilitator. Yep. So, um, and that always sparks a conversation. I'm sure <laughs> <Yeah>. it does. <is. laughs> Enough to kickstart. Yeah. So that is how I introduce myself. Yeah.
0: So that begs the question what, are ah, so many tangents. Um, what is quantum activation?
1: Okay. So this is in my own terms and in just simply the work that I do. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the term star seeds. Oh, well, what is that? No. Okay. So star seeds, basically, there's this, um, belief, um, uh, that plenty of souls have incarnations, incarnations, right, across different galaxies and, and then they've come onto Earth from other galaxies to be of support to humanity over here. So, um, in quantum activations, my work generally is to help Souls or star seeds to figure out or fulfill parts of their life's purpose in that particular incarnation. I mean, in the larger part of the work that I do with intuitive reading, I do that also. Um, but for quantum activation, it's pretty specific because from what I'm able to sense, and I'm gonna sound a bit cuckoo right now, um, I'm able to see quantum transmitters that star seeds have that hold on to technologies that, um, and, and knowledge and wisdom that they might have gotten through their previous incarnations in other galaxies. That is to put it as simply as I can. Yeah.
0: Okay. Before we move on, I have to ask, do you have psychic powers?
1: Uh, I don't call myself a psychic, mm. but I can see why people say that. Mm. I just think I'm very sensitive and I have sensibilities that, um, most of us wouldn't have the chance to develop yeah but i managed to develop this abilities and skill sets um just over time mm. yeah so
0: so you used an interesting word there which is sensitivity um how would you personally describe it
1: so um you know how you would um hear of people saying that they can see spirits and entities mm. or they can see the colors of someone's aura. Yep. Um, I'm able to tap into all of that. But the sense that I have that's the strongest, we call it cognizance. It's just a sense of knowing. Mm. I'm able to see, I'm able to hear, not very pleasant at night okay. <laughs> and during like seven months. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, the sense of knowing is something that I tap into a lot more. Um, It took me a very long time to be able to trust it and know and discern what is truthful versus what is from my imagination and what is from my ego mm. and forged behaviors and conditioning. I'm not someone who's very well read. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch much movies also, but in a lot of the things I've expressed and shared with people, they tend to quote like certain movies Um, when we talk about spirituality and and perception and perspectives of life, um, there are certain movies that people like to quote. They Mm. tend to quote those movies when I share some of my understanding from remembering past life or mm, through stories that I share in general from my interactions with clients. So I think there seems to be a few threads that have been pulled and I think it's, truthful to a certain extent um all the things i do and why i still continue to do it yeah
0: yeah how do i follow (laughs) that up fuck um (laughs) was there ever a time when you didn't have this or was it something you grew into it or was it something that something happened and you realized that hey, there's something there that wasn't there before.
1: I think yeah. that's a really great question. So I can't really pinpoint a point in time where, at least in this lifetime, I managed to um, figure out why I have all this. When I'm younger, I was able to kind of sense spirits and ghosts and I caught glints of them like here and there. It's it's very like shadow-like. You can kind of see the form, but not really quite interesting. Um, but I think... I just grew up with my parents calling me very daydreamy, and daydreamy, okay. yeah, they. Then I just tagged on to it as having a really imaginative mind. Um, going through secondary school was really tough because, um, I mean, puberty aside, and then figuring yourself out, mm-hmm. um, I was trying to put myself in that way of growing up that everybody was trying to follow through with to seem normal so the conventional route okay Mm. i'm going to study do well maybe take the science stream instead of an art stream um just because that will give me more opportunities supposedly yeah and i think like in forcing myself into that box and that trajectory i realized what didn't work out i'm very creative of person. I love creating. I love playing with different modalities and mediums. Um, I think I never acknowledged how playful I was as a, an individual growing mm-hmm. up also um, with really strict parents. So that was almost like the first turning point for me because I already knew I was going to design school. Mm-hmm. Why do I even have to study all these things? At the age of 10, I knew I wanted to study interior design.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and then I went on to... Um, get my diploma in interior design which I was really happy about went on to work for a bit then I realized I didn't want to be in the industry mm. even though I really wanted to study interior design but in the grander scheme of things I now understand why I had to go through design school it was to kind of like open up my mind to different philosophies because we studied uh, design history and theory yep. and philosophy all those things right and it it's kind of like Every point in my journey was to inch me towards the things that I'm doing right now. I just didn't know. I only know in hindsight. Yep. Yeah. And and I think one of the major breaking points or breakthrough moments for me was um when I was in the airlines for a bit. And I went through really bad anxiety and depression. I've always been depressed, like since the age of 10. Mm-hmm. Um And anxious. It's just not diagnosed. But, you know, because you're suicidal. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I finally acknowledged the fact that I was anxious and depressed um, when I was in the airlines because I have to serve passengers with a smile. Mm. But every time I stood down to grab more food, I'd be crying. Mm. Yeah. So, I realized, okay, I need professional help. Started working on um, bettering my mental health. Um, Got on that journey of going through counselling, being um, given medication and then not wanting to count on the medication because I know it's to numb the senses Mm. and I didn't like that Um, also because... one of the things that came out is that your sex drive would be low Mm -hmm. and i was like that doesn't sound fun at all (laughs) very practical it is it was a really practical kind Mm. of mindset i mean like if i'm already anxious and depressed and i cannot enjoy sex Mm. i mean that's not all life has to offer but like to be depressed and then not have your outlets like maybe Mm. imagine not being able to drink and smoke and have fun with it um I mean, there are limits to all these like substances and all that, but like to really enjoy life, Mm. I think I want to be able to feel deeply. And I wanted to honor my sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so sensitive that I have anxiety, depression, sure. Um, but I'll learn to manage it in my own ways without needing to count on medication. That was my standpoint at that moment. And, um, what I started getting into was yoga and meditation. Yep. which I really, really enjoyed and that is why I decided to be a yoga teacher. I wanted to share my love for yoga, um, not in forcefully bending into certain poses, but mm. the act of being present in your body and being present with all your feelings and, and the entirety of your being that has brought you to where you are, like to acknowledge and honour it and celebrate it. That's what I want with yoga. And... Um, But at the same time, when you're exploring yoga and meditation, spirituality gets in here and there when you're doing your research. So I started getting recommendations for YouTube tarot readings, like general Mm. pick-a-cut readings. And I was like, what is this stupid thing? Mm -mm. It's nonsense. Like a bunch of cards cannot tell you your future. You forge your future. You have Mm. free will. I didn't believe in it. I wanted to debunk it. So, I started to learn how to read the tarot. Again, not academically driven and I can't memorize for shit, cannot sit down and read. Mm. So, I decided to learn on my own and I realized, well, I actually have a knack for interpreting the cards naturally. Um, And I started practicing with my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, My family started to find out I was dabbling with all this and they were worried because they know I was going through really bad anxiety and depression and they're mm. like, oh my God, she's going crazy for real. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh-huh. this this happened just um, pre-COVID. So, like, mm. three months before COVID started, um, I... I started to acknowledge that I have anxiety, depression, decided to quit the airlines. I didn't even finish my bond at that point in time. I think I was short or shy of like three months. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, I uh, I kept going to the psychiatrist every time and and, and I was like, I think I'm going to resign. And I think because the company's psych, the psych would be like, you took three months to finally train up to where you're at and and like you know you you got so many compliments from passengers maybe you should stay every time i decide to quit he would convince me otherwise until mm-hmm. this one time where i just wasn't having it i i really looked him in the eye and i'm like i don't think this is healthy for me and i think i should have a say mm-hmm. in this even if you might think. Um, I'm not making the best choice for myself. I am going to say straight up, I can decide for myself. Yeah. So I think he heard how, how convicted I was, like in wanting to make that choice. So he let me go with a nice doctor's memo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I I realized in all these moments growing up, how I gave up my own personal power to circumstances, Mm. situations, systems, conditioning, um, expectations that my friends and family had of me. I grew up being the weird one in my clique. In my family mm-hmm. also, like, the way my parents and siblings would be like, you are weird. I grew up with that. So, it didn't really um, help with, like, understanding myself as yep. an individual. Because yep. I'm like, oh, I'm weird. Weird seems to be bad. Yep. Um, But over time, I tried to, like, affirm myself in healthier ways. I am quirky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, so, that's a lovely word.
1: Yeah. So, I, I changed my mindset. And yep. I think, like, just over the years of like struggling with having a healthier mental health and then also through like just multiple relationships I've had with different partners, I, I realized like I couldn't pretend to be a version of me that people wanted me to subscribe to oh you are a girl you need to behave like that mm-hmm. Um, you've gone through design school you got your bachelor's of arts in design you should be going through with that no I didn't care for all of that I think after my diploma a lot of my friends went on to get their degrees mm-hmm. I decided like no I actually like studying even though I don't do very well
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Um, I love listening to the wisdom that the teachers have to share and I want to hold back on that. So, what I did was to um, go out and work for a couple of years, yeah. architectural firm, because I'm like, maybe I want to be an architect, not interior designer. Yep. Then in the end, like, A eh, doesn't seem like it. Went on to try interior design, also didn't feel like it. Hated the industry for many different reasons. Um, sustainability being a very big issue. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, all these things like societal issues out of my head. I, I finally learned over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought, I want to know how it's like to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, respected a lot of my teachers growing up um, just from the wisdom they were able to share just about life. So... Um, I applied to teach in the kindergarten, got to try that out, wanted to know how it feels like to work in retail and to be of service to people in a front-end kind of space because I'm extremely introverted. Mm -hmm. Um, Did that, wanted to know how it feels like to serve passengers, jumped onto that. So I've changed so many different jobs. I think a lot of my aunties and uncles ask my parents like, are you okay with your daughter doing that? But I think all those experiences like in a grander picture of my life experience and and what I'm meant to do, like, is to be able to see things from different perspectives. Instead of being the student, how it's like to be a teacher. Mm. Instead of being the customer when you're shopping, how does it feel like to have someone serve you and and how do you do that to the best of your ability? And I think what I really wanted is to get a larger understanding of how to experience life in different ways, in different roles. Yep. Um, Having been the daughter, the sister, the student, now yep. the teacher, the service crew and then now doing all this work in spirituality, I realized how all my experiences have given me the wisdom and knowledge that I needed to be able to give the guidance and clarity I need for yep. a lot of my customers that come in, my clients. Yep. Yeah. Who very often turn into friends just mm-hmm. because those moments that we share are extremely intimate. Mm-hmm. I, I realize I love listening to stories. Um, yeah, I, I love listening to teachers drift off topic from whatever's on the syllabus to talk about their, their life and, and how they've learned and grown to become the individuals that they are. I love connecting with random strangers on Tinder and dating apps like, just because of the stories they carry and I realized I love conversations Mm -hmm. I love connecting with people who can be vulnerable and truthful in all of their expressions Mm -hmm. and I'm very happy for all the things that have led me to where I am to be able to earn a living out of just doing Mm -hmm. that yeah I think yeah I feel like I'm rambling a lot right now but like it's and it's messy I've had so many people tell me like I'm so unstructured in the way I do things and the way I speak but I feel like sometimes when it comes to storytelling you have to tell the stories in the different parts and the Mm. different scenes and if your brain has the capacity it will piece all the puzzle pieces together and Mm -hmm. you'll see the larger picture Mm -hmm. yeah and everybody picks out their own message from the story anyway so
0: I do think it's a very commendable way of living that that there is a certain sense of courage or even like Uh, that you're willing to just go and try to do different things because the flip side or rather the opposite end of that is you're just stuck in, in a certain thing and there is internal conflict because I don't think we are meant to be stuck in something or like a position or like a job or something, anything for a long period of time. So it's certainly commendable and it definitely takes a certain sense of courage whether you know it intuitively or whether you know it consciously, I, I do agree. Um, there's so many different tangents to go down, but I think something that stood out to me when 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 you were talking, it's about you acknowledging your depression. And I think that's quite interesting because with, with that particular sentence, it means that uh, the flip side is also true. You are avoiding it. So has there been a time where you're avoiding and what, what does acknowledging your depression mean or look like or sound like?
1: Yeah, yeah so... I think in short, it is embracing a part of myself or the other aspect of myself that I would deem as shameful at that point in time. Mm. Um, I remember once this counsellor told me, "Uh, you'll never ever fully heal from your depression. You just get better at managing it. My ego hated that sentence, mm. but now I see why it's true. What
0: changed? Like, why, why did you hate that sentence?
1: The thought of not being able to heal would mean that i am sick forever because mm. that's the idea of like mental illnesses right oh you got a disorder you are you got a problem yep but i don't look at it as a problem anymore i just look at it as a side of myself that's able to feel really deeply mm. and i recognize how i'm able to feel deeply without dwelling in the emotion so that took a lot of trial and error and experiences to have gotten me to where I am right now but the act of acknowledging it was recognizing that it's okay to ask for help and support when I needed it and I think that's a large part that a lot of us in modern society struggle with because we think asking for help and support means that you suck at what you do and mm. and you're not good at showing up in your role but how you're meant to show up in the roles that you play is going to look very different at different points in your life. And I think we don't acknowledge that enough. There are moments where you really just need to take time off. And it is not something an annual leave of 14 days is going to be able to cover when you've worked so damn hard the whole year mm-hmm. because you're showing up for everyone else. You're working for a corporation's dream that might not be even a dream that truly exists. Um, just because of profits and, and business. Mm-hmm thingy right but like um what are you doing for yourself at the end of the day i think in the smallest way being present being able to show up for yourself being able to acknowledge all your emotions that takes a lot of courage and vulnerability and that takes us being able to recognize that we deserve love and we deserve to show up in the best version of ourselves. We tend to hold on to conditioning and, and conform to certain expectations and standards that society has half of us. Um, mm. Only because we think that's the only way to be accepted. But at the end of the day, what we are trying to get is validation from everywhere else but ourselves. Mm. So acknowledging depression to me is being able to acknowledge a large part of myself that's able to understand experiences to such depths because to truly you know we we, we understand that light cannot exist without darkness right yes. because if not how can you appreciate the other side but why should we then look at darkness as something that's bad mm. right why is feeling lonely and empty or feeling that void a bad thing it's not a bad thing it's potential and, and that's the shift in perspective I had in the last three years from acknowledging my depression and knowing that it's not something I'm meant to fight Mm-mm. against, but to fully embrace and, and wholeheartedly love and accept in myself. Um, yeah. And I think that's a large part that, that people who struggle with mental disorders or illnesses or, or feeling deeply, um, they, they tend to, fight these parts of themselves and Mm. think it's something that is bad but all it's meant to do in experience is to inform you this way of seeing things or or being that perhaps you did not like and did not feel safe in your body Mm. um holding on Mm. to yeah so I think again a lot of things but like acknowledging it has helped me realize like oh I don't have to be at odds with myself I can validate my own feelings I don't need anyone else to tell me how I should be and how I should show up and I'm gonna conform to the likes of my own heart and my soul yeah rather than that of anyone else's yeah
0: how does it look like today then? today what what sort of conversations do you have with it
1: I realize I can't do small talk as much <laughs> anymore.
0: Like, okay,
1: I, I feel like it's not value-adding. I can see why it could be nice in that moment. Um, Because unless you're very, very used to like diving into conversations and being truly honest with mm. your feelings, um, it's going to be a struggle to be fully honest. But... I have a lot more meaningful conversations. I realize all the people around me start to become a lot more aware and conscious just mm. in me living in my own truth. I I think like I've been told by so many of my friends over the years and even um, with clients now, like they let me know how inspired they are just in the way I show up, um, even though they might not relate to what I'm doing. Mm. um or they might not understand or resonate with it fully, they see this liberation and they know how, especially those who have known me for years, mm. like decades, right? Yep. They they see how much happier an individual I am. And, and they recognize how I was able to pull myself out of situations that really did not serve me, like the boxes I was trying to fit. Mm. They recognize how... Even though those ways of being are already very unconventional, like jumping from job to job, Mm -hmm. finally doing what I'm doing, um, they recognize, they recognize that it is good to live in your truth and to acknowledge your feelings and to not avoid it. And I think like what I have to offer in all these interactions is my sincerity in the way I show up, I know that not everyone's going to receive me the way I hope for them to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know at the very least I am showing up in ways that are truthful to me and they will receive what they are meant to receive. Mm. Yeah. And, um, if anything, I think meaningful conversations, even more perspectives, mm-hmm. especially with people who oppose, um, my views, my thoughts, my beliefs, Mm -hmm. and the things I do, um, which is a great extent to my life right now. Um, It helps me see things from the other side of um, life and Mm -hmm. and in their shares, in their disapproval. um, And it helps me feel very, very grateful um, for being able to have my heart and my mind so open in receiving Mm -hmm. um, stories, shares, um, people in the way they show up. I've had people, a lot of my clients are actually, like, suicidal and, like, have Mm -hmm. um, struggles with mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also have people who, I I feel like sometimes when they come in for sessions, like, it's like a confession booth. So, they Mm -hmm. tell me how they've hurt other people and how they cannot forgive themselves. Uh, Like, things that are super serious, like, suicide, yes, rape, um, rape emotional abuse, very heavy topics. Hmm. I realized if I had not experienced um them from the different perspectives I had, even with like sexual assault and all this, I wouldn't be able to um hold space for these kind of conversations, hmm. which yep. is not easy.
0: It's emotionally taxing as well. It
1: does get it, it does get heavy. Hmm. It gets heavy and but I realize I'm able to hold space for these kind of conversations and to embrace those people even if they are supposedly perpetrators Mm. or by law um what people would deem as as the the bad guy right um i'm still able to see them for their truth and i recognize how their traumas have brought them to where they are Mm -hmm. and i think that in itself like has allowed me to live through life in the stories and, and and the experiences that I've managed to read through my cards or through channel readings, through their shares um, without having to live through it myself. And there's so much to be grateful for just in that because I get to see life from all these different perspectives, mm. to listen to stories that take a lot of courage, Um, again, from the individual to trust me and, and to share with um, me. And that makes my life feel extremely wholesome and, and and I feel fulfilled doing what I'm doing just yep. because of all these stories. Yeah. And yeah, I, like just immense gratitude for life and, and having gone through suicidal phases mm-hmm. um, growing up, like the shift in perspective just from all these stories and shares helped me feel a lot more connected with like others even if it's just a one-off interaction, it is still meaningful. Mm. Yeah, and that's what has come about me going through this journey. Yep.
0: Yeah. I'm curious to know. Um, what does holding space uh mean to you? What does it look like? Because I feel like it's something that people say, but people might have a different definition of it. So, yeah. what does that mean to you?
1: I think in. Of course, like I have my intentions when, when I deliver my sessions, right? Um, where I wish to encourage and, and empower the individuals mm. that step in, um, support them in their healing journey. But when I hold space, large, a large part is holding space for that, but holding space for them to feel brave enough to share their truths, um, to know that I'm not there to judge them. I am mm. there to receive them as they are. That is how I hold space. I truly allow them to show up in the ways they are. I can see when their defense mechanisms come up, their mm-hmm. ego start coming into the conversation. And I will call that out when yep. I can in the gentlest way possible. <laughs> 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 <Gotcha>. <laughs> uh, because like, hey, you're coming for a session for clarity. I'm going to hold out the mirrors for you to see yourself mm-hmm. as you are. Um. So I hold space for the supporting of 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 this part of their journey, right? If you if you come into my session, you trust me with delivering a reading to give you clarity and guidance. I will offer you a perspective that I can see just in the way you show up and you deliver yourself. Mm. If you look at yourself as a victim, I'm going to look at, I'm going to tell you to assert yourself and to step up into your own power. If you look at yourself as someone who has control over everything that happens in your life, I'm going to tell you, no, you actually don't have control. And, I think sometimes in life, like we don't always stay in one spot at the same time. Like we go through changes and and different experiences. So my job is to let you see the other side of the spectrum Mm -hmm. and to help you recalibrate yourself to find what feels safest for you in that moment. Yeah. And that is what I do, like in short. And that's what I do when I hold space. Um, when I sign off like my emails with space to hold, right? I truly am sincere when I say it because I allow people to show up the ways they do. And I have friends who tell me like, Hey, I don't think it's fair that you allow yourself to, um, sit through outbursts that people put onto you and all. And yes, I have boundaries that I set mm. on, on those ends, right? To protect myself, but I allow people to push the limits, um, of what could feel safe for me in that mm-hmm. moment just to allow them to express themselves because I think that is something we don't have enough of in expectations we try to fulfill or trying to conform. Yeah, so in my sessions, I want to as much as possible be able to allow people to shop in those ways. Yep. Yeah, but
0: it sounds to me like ultimately um, it's about the agency of the individuals that you meet that they have to to... Take the first step. Is it always easy for them to take that step?
1: No, it's damn hard. It's so tough. The number of times I've had guys and girls alike, right? They start crying during my session and they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, why the fuck Mm. are you sorry for even like feeling your emotions? Own it and and be proud of yourself being able to cry in front of a total stranger that you paid money to to speak to, you know, like- I I put it very bluntly when when I say things like that I'm here to help you and support you yes but that, this is a, a service that I'm providing so in you showing up there's so much to acknowledge you wanna see change you wanna mm. make changes and not everyone can do that there are people who live up till the end of their life at their death uh deathbed where where they have so much regrets but here you are you're trying to do something about it even though you're not at where you think looks best Mm -hmm. you are taking that first baby step and i think all these baby steps are meant to be celebrated i always remind my clients that yeah and i think we don't do that enough yeah we look at the larger goal we look at the longer term goals that we wish to hit and and achieve but we forget what has brought us to where we are right now Mm. and we keep looking forward to the next thing but we never take time to acknowledge when we hit the milestones we have or even the baby steps that might be difficult to even take to hit the larger goals you know there's so much to celebrate we f- we forget that very mm. often yeah
0: do you think the lack of understanding in just your own emotional well-being do you think that is symptomatic of a larger problem
1: from my own experience and from the stories I've um, heard yes okay I think a lot of us are very um, desensitized mm-hmm. and a large part of the population in Singapore, right? Just from being so sensitive and being able to intuitively tap into things, a lot of us are dissociating.
0: Oh, that's two different words, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Um, but they run on the same parallel very mm. often. Um you dissociate because you feel like you don't have agency
2: mm.
1: over or, or control over your situation. Um, perhaps because you are chasing a goal that you think you want but that's what your ego wants to be accepted mm. by others it's a okay. people pleasing portion yep. um, yeah so it it is very much related so what was the term that you used earlier on so I used dissociation and you
2: used and, desensitized
1: and, yeah desensitized also yes that's the other one I mentioned yep. so we're, we're very desensitized also because we we live in this urban city and, and we just keep Running into media for escape or like substances, mm-hmm. um, or experiences. One thing that one trip per year to help us
2: <laughs> fix <Yes>.
1: everything. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, it's, it's all, in a larger, grander scheme, like because of capitalism. Okay. And, yeah, and and a lot of other stuff like in in place, um, that we can't fully fix, mm. uh, or or change yep. unless as a collective we manage to recognize how we can actually do better than where we are right now Um, I think COVID is one of the best things that could have ever happened because it forced people to realize how important taking care of their well-being is your emotions are important because they are your body's way of communicating with you when it feels unsafe mm. when it feels overwhelmed um, when it feels overworked yep when it feels like it just does not want to do anything mm. <laughs> simply yep. um but we are in this society where we think productivity and efficiency is to be celebrated mm. you know i i have um clients who come in very late for my session they are very apologetic i appreciate that um but i always tell them no sometimes like life happens and you yep. just cannot You cannot have everything fit into all these boxes and expect it to work out perfectly. There are people who have all the money in the world and, and they have all these like organizations and structures in place, but then they are still unhappy. Why? Because they don't allow themselves to feel deeply. Um, when you, when you run into all the different mediums that you do, um, just to not acknowledge maybe, let's say, what people can relate to a heartbreak. Yep. From, from from a relationship that was really significant. What you're doing is not allowing yourself to properly purge and release the emotions. This is why when you look through the list of sicknesses and, and disorders and illnesses that people have, stress is always one common factor mm. that you see and it's because you don't release your emotions and you don't feel into them. You don't allow yourself to acknowledge it when it's showing up. You mm. block it out. And um, there's this whole thing with somatics. Somatics um, talk about you being able to tap into your body, your body's yep. wisdom, yep. Um, in being able to communicate with you, right? Um, how it feels and the traumas that it's holding on to. Our bodies are smarter than we think it is. Yep. We think emotions are good or bad. Happy is good, sad is bad. But it's not. They're all good. They're all super, super good. Why? Because they let you know when you feel unsafe in your body. And that is something that all of us need to learn mm. and properly acknowledge. And when you're able to show up for your friends and family and give them advice and tell them like, hey, I think you need to take time off. Why can't you take that same advice for yourself yep. also? Yep. Right? It's so easy for us to put our attention onto others and point out problems others have and and they show up with. But we tend to forget to put ourselves first Yep. because we think if we put ourselves first, that is selfish. And then people start blaming you for showing up for yourself. But mm. of course we don't wanna go all the end of of the spectrum where, where we really become selfish and yep. we put ourselves first. We forget that we have relationships with other people. We have to stay connected with the people around us. I've been through like both ends of the spectrum and I know how unhealthy it can be. Um and I can see when when individuals are showing up where they are like, Yeah, I'm all about self-love, self-care, but they actually are Neglecting themselves because they don't allow themselves to connect with others just because they go inward so much. Yep. Yeah. And it's a very, very, it's not even a fine line. It's, it's a whole spectrum, right? And you need to find what works for you in that moment, mm-hmm. um, without getting too comfortable with the ways of being that you have been living with, um, but still pushing yourself enough for a bit of growth and, and, and yes, a bit of discomfort, but still safe enough to, to, work past whatever you are going through yeah so acknowledging emotions very very important aspect
0: how does one begin to do that because i must have missed the class on emotions and understanding your own emotions so what does that mean does does it look uh, differently for each one of us uh, does it look the same is there are there questions one can begin to ask themselves because you, you could do it with other people Some some external party can help facilitate the conversation yeah. but it sounds like ultimately you have to look inwards yeah. which it's difficult
1: yeah it's tricky mm. but it's doable mm-hmm. so uh, I think a lot of us before we reach this space where we are a lot more self-aware we tend to be in this space where we think we know ourselves very well mm. um, from the forged ego and identity that we are living through with which can be very very dangerous you need to essentially be able to recognize your different identities and personalities. Um, We all are multifaceted individuals. We need to be able to acknowledge when we have all these forged identities and ego self. Mm. Um, That takes a whole lot of work. Um, But I think the first question is to ask yourself, how present are you in your body? How
0: present am I in my body? Yeah. Could you dissect that statement a little bit more? When what you're breathing,
1: how does it feel like to breathe? How does it feel like to take a sip of water? How does the water taste like? How does it feel like to be interacting with another person in conversation? How does it feel like to be standing under the hot sun? Are you able to let yourself feel comfortable standing in that? Like all these simple questions. This is like the starting point. And that's why the practice of mindfulness have come into mm. um Popularity. Popularity? Yep. Yeah, I, I, I want to use the term but I wasn't very sure. I guess popularity yeah, would be a way to put it. It's popular now because people start to realise like, hey, I want to know myself better. Mm. I don't know how. Um, You start hearing things from different podcasts and resources. Oh, meditation, yep. yoga, yep. spirituality.
0: Checklist. Yep.
1: Checklist. <laughs> Diets. And then people will be like, I try all these things, how come it's not working out? Yep because you're still not mindful and not present it's all programming it's Mm -hmm. all programming Mm -hmm. it's it's how it's how we recognize um the conditionings that we've lived through and and how we wish to show up for ourselves yeah so back to mindfulness right like maybe if right now for everyone listening like how does it feel like to be in your body i think when i ask a lot of my clients and students this question they get a bit like my fuck they're like what the fuck you mean like in my body i mean my body la but no how does it feel like to be in your body so those who are a little bit more self-aware they'll be like oh yeah i can feel like a bit of discomfort from maybe the tech on my clothes um i feel really comfortable in my skin today because i've been working on self-love self-care hmm. um i feel a bit unsafe in my body because i went through a recent trigger that triggered a past trauma that I've experienced, you see varying responses depending yep. on how self-aware an individual is, you know. So, like, just simply asking yourself, how do I feel in my body? And I have this activity, right, that I like to um, tell people to do is, I call it, like, the vibe check. <laughs> so, it's, like, checking your own vibe and your yep. energy level, you know. So, like, just placing your hands face, palms facing down in front of you, allow your hands to float, So like you can try it now also to sense. So you can let your hands float and you feel this buoyancy, okay? You can feel the interconnectedness you have, your hands with the air around you. Let it bounce and try seeing how it feels like to put your arms up. Maybe if you're super happy, you just want to push it all the way up to reach up towards the sky. But if you're feeling a bit lower, your body tends to feel heavier and more tense. So your hands can maybe go down. And you start to allow your hands to float up and down until it finds a point that it wants to stop at. Mm-hmm. That's generally where your mood is set at, at the present moment. And it'll look different for every individual. Mm. That's kind of like your vibe check to check on how you feel in your body in that moment. And if your hands are terribly low, that's a sign for you to take time out, la, mm-hmm. generally.
0: Do you think these are like conscious... Like I consciously want it to be low or is it more like a subconscious? Like you're not even thinking about it. That's why it just drifted to there. And it's a sign that something is wrong.
1: I think it's most of the time subconscious. We might be aware and mm. we know we feel like poop in that yep. moment, right? But like we we might not be as present with it. So we might generally know like, yeah, I've been very tired recently, but you never took that one moment to sit down with yourself and and say like, hey, I am really tired. And it doesn't feel very nice to be here, and I do want to feel better. Mm. We throw it out in conversation so casually. We are like, yeah, I've been very busy recently, law, then very tired, law, then mm-hmm. not enough sleep, oh, yeah, but no choice, got deadlines to hit. You prioritize everything else before you being present in your body. That's going to feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. It- We'll never ever feel safe. If you feel safe, it's only because you've conditioned yourself to think that you feel safe in that moment and you tell yourself you need to keep hustling anyways because, like, you know, how to put food on the table, how to, how to feed my family, how to pay down the next loan that I've, I've taken up. You know, there, there's so many things that we worry about, but like, why is it so hard for you to sit with yourself and just breathe? Because to truly live is to just allow yourself to feel into your breath and, and be present with it and to appreciate every breath that you have. I believe in multiple incarnations, yes, you can come back in another life form and then respond a million times, but like, you want to truly appreciate where you are right now still, right? So appreciate every single breath that you have, every single sip of water you have, the food that you're putting into your body, even moments where you feel hungry. Like, thank goodness I have... This, my body has this capability to tell me I'm hungry or when my gastric hurts. I think like in Western medicine, right? We, we always try and fix the symptoms. We don't go down to root cause. Um, what we are doing in that moment, for example, like when I was going through COVID, I didn't take medication at all because I want to know when like I'm feeling too much pain, but I also know I have it on standby in case it gets too much. I wanted to know. What my body was going through, because I know when the fever is up, it is my body fighting the yep. infection. Yep. So the moment I stop having fever, I know okay, the viral count is probably a lot lower now, and my body is a lot healthier. I can be a bit more active. Yep. I, I allow myself to be my own sensor and my own thermometer without needing that tool to measure. Yeah, and that is again being a lot more intuitive, sensitive, and sensible. Um, understanding yourself better and understanding your connection with your body better I'm not telling everyone to do that I'm not saying like don't take the medication your psychiatrist is giving you like please take it if you need it but like there there has to be a certain level of awareness when it comes to your relationship with your body and being able to feel deeply Mm. and to recognize and acknowledge your emotions plays a large part to that Yep. yeah
0: I want to jump off to two different tangents. So the first one is, why do you think it's so important to understand yourself? Because it feels like, especially these days, uh, it becomes quite commoditized. Like the idea of finding yourself, oh, you have to do X, Y, Z, or you have to do this, you have to do that. But I'm curious to know your answer. Why Why? Why is it important? And what, what does it mean to, mm. to find yourself?
1: So I think your self is constantly changing. <laughs> why it's important to find yourself is to again come back to your body be present with yourself and know what you want for yourself right now there's no fucking point in planning like the next 10 20 years right up to your retirement right and then actually like you live that 20 years being unhappy yep. yeah so finding yourself to me very simply could look like yes a larger purpose larger goal that you're serving in life perhaps for a community or organization or purpose um for humanity okay yep. it could be anything yep. um or it could be as simply like showing up for yourself mm. right it'll look different for everybody but in knowing that you know what could bring you fulfillment at, in the smallest bits it's like an list. answer
0: someone has to find for themselves
1: it is um and i think once you start to recognize that Everything in your life is showing up as signs and oracles for you. I'm not sure if you've read the Alchemist. This is one of the few books I actually read, like read through. It's a super well, good what book. What is that? Yeah. Um, not to spoil the book, but like we're all alchemists and we can create and forge our realities. Um, as an and however, however, our, our mind allows us to, right? Yep. So finding yourself means understanding yourself, how it feels like to be present in your body, what you wish to do for yourself, what you wish to do for people. So your relationship with yourself and others, mm. uh, plays a big part, um, in this, this thing. And that is what helps us feel safe at home yep. without needing an actual tangible physical home, without needing the validation from anyone else, without having to conform to standards that don't feel comfortable for us of course there will be and there definitely are individuals who are very very good at conforming and and sitting with boxes and that is in their incarnation what their purpose is Mm -hmm. um very simple but then i think for a lot of us who recognize that we are unhappy chasing the things that we are chasing finding your purpose becomes very important. Finding yourself becomes important. But I think the main message is just, are you able to understand yourself as the individual you are today, knowing that it's different from however you used to be and knowing that you're constantly changing and growing because life throws you different curveballs and circumstances and you have different interactions with different people. Everyone's constantly changing and growing. And how can you catch up with that? That's to know that you don't have to catch up with all of that as long as you know where you are and you're present with yourself and you can validate yourself and you can be okay with everything um, that's out of your control yep. and everything that's within your control. Yep. Yeah. So,
0: assuming that the self changes and the self grows, are there practices or are there like rituals that, uh, or are there goals even that perhaps a previous, you, you perhaps you had when you were younger that doesn't serve you right now and you had to, I guess, acknowledge that, oh, maybe I don't want that anymore. I want this right now and just follow the path because some might feel that it's a bit too, as I say, the, the the courage it takes to actually just acknowledge that this maybe I've sunk in, let's say, four years. Maybe it's not working. I want to do something else. Has that happened to you before?
1: All the time. <laughs> I think like, I I recognize that in, in all the different like job and, and workplaces I've jumped uh to and fro from, um, people think it's like, well, you're not grounded at all. But then on the flip side, people would be like, "Wow, well, you're damn spontaneous and you, yep. you yep. allow yourself to just try different things, right? But I think like it's scary to change trajectories, especially if you set your goals and sights on something. That's why I always try to recommend, yes, you can have that long-term goal, but don't be fixated on that outcome. Mm what you actually wish to achieve is some sort of emotional fulfillment that is the actual goal.
0: Whether you recognize it or not. uh.
1: Yes. And I think all of us should be able to at least recognize emotional fulfillment is what we want. Um, We want stability also. And and if we want luxuries in life and a certain standard of living, of course, there are goals to hit. But then ask yourself, why do you need all of these things to feel fulfilled? Do you really need it? Not everyone needs A lot of all these luxuries that we Mm. have you know like i've i've known of so many people who manage to go into this very minimalist kind of lifestyle because they realize like it doesn't serve anything but i've known of people who gone into that minimalist lifestyle and and like shifted out of it because they realize like actually i need a certain standard to 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 my living you know and and the food that i'm putting into my body all that all that kind of thing They, they want quality so it comes back to understanding yourself, right? And and understanding what you need right now. If you have a family to feed mm-hmm. and kids um, to raise, that's additional responsibilities, more things to think about. But then you also still need to think about yourself. Why? Because if you don't feel good in yourself, you don't feel grounded in yourself, your cup is not full. How are you going to show up in the best version of yourself in every interaction, for every individual that you are meant to support and help and I think like I I remember saying this to my mom at the age of 13 um when she's like oh maybe one day I'll I'll run out of home and then you'll just be with your father alone that kind of thing you know and I told her do it if that is what helps you feel liberated Mm. because I'm like firstly them done with them quarreling all the time (laughs) but then also like why do you want to be so unhappy where you're at like do what you need to and and then she's like no but i'm your mother i need to do this then i'm like but you are your own person also how can you neglect yourself Mm. and i realized like seeing all these people around me growing up right being so unhappy like i don't want to be there and of course I, i was still struggling with like expectations i was trying to live up to even until now like i still am trying to find balance in all these aspects which is part of life but um there's no point in being so unhappy in in your body and in yourself yeah and and allowing yourself to again like back to like understanding yourself your emotions being aware being present um that means not having to fixate yourself on one specific outcome. Yep. There are people who are uh, then hung up on that one lover that they've had, right? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, like I, I messed that up them badly or or like didn't work through it properly. Yep. um, And then now I will never ever be able to find that same love again.
0: I've heard that before. Yeah, yep.
1: we hear that so often. Mm. And I hear that like as a tarot reader, right? Mm. Like people come in for romance related <laughs> stuff. Yep. But like, No, it's because you tell yourself that then that is your reality. Mm -hmm. If I tell myself I'm going to receive love from every lover that comes my way right, and they're going to give me nothing less than I deserve, then firstly, I I will create filters that I already know of and boundaries, right? I will not receive anything less than I deserve. If someone doesn't hit the checkboxes, I won't even entertain it. And when I'm able to see someone show up in the way I know I'm deserving of, I will receive. And this is applicable in all aspects of life our mind is so much more powerful that we give it power Uh, we give it a- the acknowledgement it requires for- yeah the words yep. are not coming up but yep. basically we are a lot more powerful than we think we are and why law of attraction and manifestation is the thing I mean you don't wish upon the rock and then hope it happens <laughs> la, but like what's the actions and, and the mindset and the mentality that you're holding on to to help you forge that path and trajectory into achieving the desired outcomes you want Again, outcomes not in the way it shows up and presents itself, but the fulfillment that you wish to receive, that's the most important part. And it is always okay to know that that thing you committed to for four years will not necessarily be something that you need to stick through with, right? You don't have to be in that industry, but you would have soft skills that you have developed and other skill sets that you've developed that would help serve Another purpose when the time comes. Yep. Um, I think this perspective I have to thank my father for before because he went in studying engineering. Yep. Um, I uh, share his life story because he loves sharing this story. <laughs> he, he did very poorly basically for all levels and he didn't have a lot of options and he loves saying, Oh, you're now very blessed with a lot of options. Last time go poly, just a few options only the least less than 20, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, engineering was just one of the few options he had. He took it, he learned so much from it. Mm. He didn't do engineering in the end and he's like in the in interior des- uh design kind of um industry. But it comes into play when he needs it. Yep. I study interior design. I'm not doing it right now, but I know how to beautify my space. Yep. I know how to pack my luggage really well because <laughs> <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Props, that's a skill. <laughs> it is eh. It's yeah. not easy, you know. Yeah. But it helped when I was traveling <laughs> a lot. Okay, and I was flying, because I shop a lot la, yeah. and and I need that space. But then, design thinking, creativity also that that has helped me a lot. And I I realized like how all of my different experiences, even though it might seem like it's not related if you allow yourself to see it for a bit, right, with a bit more of an open mind and heart, you'll see how all these things actually help you get to where you're at and how it will actually serve another purpose. Yep. There's nothing to regret. There's nothing to regret. I think like people who hold on to regrets, they hold on to it only because they cannot forgive themselves for supposedly taking a misstep, but it's not a misstep. If you know that it's not a misstep, then there's nothing to forgive. There's nothing to regret.
0: Yeah. But wouldn't the idea of a misstep, like inverted commas misstep, mean that there's some sort of like a determined path?
1: Yeah. So. Which
0: is debatable as well because.
1: <laughs> so many different perspectives to take on this, even for myself. And I, I acknowledge all of it. Um, Sometimes we look at it, oh, you have a larger life purpose and if you don't lean into that purpose, people worry about it. Oh my God, what if I'm not fulfilling my life purpose? They come into my readings and they're like, how, what if I'm very far off? I'm like, you'll never be far off. Everything you've decided upon till date and will continue deciding upon until your deathbed will always serve the purpose it's meant to yep. for you. Yep. Whether or not you see it, whether or not you acknowledge it. So... Are you going to hold yourself to the kind of standards where you feel like you cannot fuck up? Yep. Or are you going to look at everything as part of your journey that's meant to be lived through?
0: It's two different frameworks to look at life through, isn't it? Yeah, one is hyper-constrained because I assume people can't really... um, predict the future I assume they don't have uh, any sense of what's going to happen when when, let's say they walk out onto the street they they, they can't predict everything but if you were to live with that constraint everything I do next have to be part of this grand plan that I don't I'm not the one writing it (laughs) that sounds terrible
1: yes it is and I think that's why like reminding people they have full autonomy in creating their reality is the most important part right like if you know that you are in control of the things that's within your realm of control, you wouldn't give up your own personal power to others around Mm. you, to society or whatever, anything, everything, right? You know that you're in control of the parts you can control, you allow things to happen and you manifest (laughs) whatever the hell you want. You bring into existence the emotions that you wish to experience without judging the others that you preferably don't want to experience also. And... I can say for a fact till date, right? Because I suck at now at this point in my life, like having structure and planning, like I can plan KPIs and hit them <laughs> for sure. I've done that in corporate and, and in many different places before. Yep. But like, now how I'm doing things, right? Is really through feeling into my emotions deeply and then allowing life to show itself in the best way possible. And this is very much linked to law of attraction, also so i don't worry about how my rent will be made and i don't force myself to market myself Mm. the moment i go into that hate space where i'm like i don't have enough money what if i not enough money to pay rent this month or to feed myself not even to talk about the lifestyle i wish to hit in time yep the moment i worry about all this and have this lack mentality right all my bookings start going away, you know. Like Interesting. they get postponed. Yep. They, I don't allow cancellations for that reason. Yep. So, um, but but, but something but happens. But they don't so. come in. Yep. Yeah. Like I'll have one week of no bookings, yep. and that is a sign, an oracle from the universe to tell me, like, hey, you need to check if you're mindset right now is not healthy mm. but the moment I shift out of that headspace I'm like when it comes it comes lah. then I'm gonna splurge on myself now anyways buy new airports buy new clothes go yep. and splurge on a good meal without like of course going to that um, striking that balance my bookings all start pouring in That's you know yeah. it's I, I'm i living life in that sort of a way and I think it's so wild for a lot of people to to hear me share that but I'm living, breathing experience of the fact that law of attraction is real and if you allow yourself to see beyond what you allow yourself to hold on to, the possibilities are endless. Mm. Your mind is that powerful and it can bring into existence the kind of lived reality you want and you don't have to come into a space where you're like yeah i have to have like this amount of money in my bank set for me to feel safe it's more like i feel safe no matter what Mm. and i know that i'm covered i know i'm taken care of and maybe i say it from a space where i'm very privileged to have grown up comfortably um in a first world country and i am very grateful to even have all these privileges so that i can worry about all these other nonsense that my parents didn't have the chance to you know and And wouldn't have the awareness to pick up on.
0: It's gratitude, isn't it?
1: Yes. Back to gratitude, which is showing appreciation and gratitude and and acknowledging the good things that you have, yep. which forge that reality that you're holding on to, right? If yep. if you're constantly nitpicking and 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 looking at things to be upset about, you'll never ever be happy because you cannot see the good that's already in front of you. Yep. And I have people who will come to me and and they'll be like, yeah, but but I've gone through really tough stuff and mm. and you cannot understand. I'm like, yes, I cannot understand. But I can tell you if you want to hold on to that mindset, you'll never get out of where you're at also. Mm. That's the truth. It's a personal it's hell harsh.
0: basically,
2: yeah.
1: It is. Yeah. And, and do you really deserve to be there? I'm going to tell you, no, you don't deserve to be there. You deserve to do way better. Mm. So why won't you allow yourself that? Do you not think you're deserving of love? This is why you're thinking you're not deserving of love because of your past experiences and your hurt and your trauma. <laughs> you go into that conversation, yep, yep. then I pull it out. <laughs> well, it's interesting
0: that while you were sharing, you're not saying that, let's say the the thoughts on practicality, let's say paying rent, paying yourself and stuff like that. You're not saying that you are not having those thoughts, but you're acknowledging that they exist. But there is a conscious decision whether you would want to, to uh, I guess, Look it through that framework. There is a conscious decision that we we can look it through that, or there might be other different protocols and frameworks that you can look through. Yeah. So it's not that you are not having those thoughts. Yeah, yeah, interesting.
1: You still will hold on to all these thoughts, and that's why, like I, I can say I embrace my depression mm. because I know it helps inform me of something that is to be healthier, <laughs> yep. you know? So, when I acknowledge these thoughts coming in, I realize, oh, my lack mentality coming in, I cannot manifest well. And yep. then, yes, the critical mind can be like, see, you're not manifesting well. And then, even worse, you have all this wisdom knowledge, your clients come in and then you share with them the same message and then you're not following through. I can go down that path, like, so easy. Yep. My friends call me a black hole, like a wormhole, because they know when I spiral down, like, it gets really unhealthy, but. Like I, those are
0: quite beautiful, are they?
1: I think so yeah. too. Cause I relate to it. And, <laughs> and no, but to me, it's potential. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. the moment I know that at the start, when I keep affirming myself, I'm like, yeah, uh, it's potentiality. It feels fake, you know, to even mm-mm, say it, but mm-mm. like, that's why they say fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. Like. So there's some truth to that. There is a lot of truth in it. You have to at least try to do that. And maybe at the start, um, those affirmations that people put out, I am abundant, <laughs> they say that, right? Like, can work for some, but it works to a certain extent where like, okay, you're lying to yourself already mm. <laughs> and you need to change the language. Um, It still has to be definitive so that you believe in it. Mm. So instead of I am abundant, it is I'm able to see abundance in all the different forms and ways that it shows up in my life.
0: That's a big difference between the two statements, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And it takes quite a bit of hitting your head against the same wall a million times to finally realize, oh, I can actually see good in all other things. I think like one of the things that helped me is really being grateful for the ability to breathe, Mm. the ability to have clean water in Singapore and just like being close to nature, even though it's not really nature, nature, like Singapore having planted the plants all around like these things remind me of how much i have and i have abundance of that other people might not have mm. and it's not to be like oh yeah they poor putting then they'll forever be stuck there because there is beauty in the society and and the the different landscape that they live in yep. maybe you don't have the kind of constructs that we are living with in the first world country, right? Our country, different kind of happiness, um, simpler lifestyles. That's why, like Thailand, land of smiles, people so like, yes, there's a part where they are unhappy but then they have a lot of gratitude and, mm. and appreciation for other parts of life that we tend to forgo. The over culture here. that is
0: different. It's very Entirely different. Entirely different as well.
1: Yeah, and there's beauty in that, you know, but like, Truly, whatever life throws onto you, whatever you've been born into, it does not matter. It's how you choose to bring yourself out of that space. And it's that conscious effort like you mentioned and the choice to want to bring your head out of that space that you know does not serve you in that moment. And I will have days where I'm very dramatic and I'm like, oh, woe is me. And then like, life sucks. It's not working out for me. Why did I choose this path? I should have continued flying. A lot of nonsense. But then... Does it help me feel better? Mm -hmm. Do I like feeling like that? If the answer is yes, then okay, I dealt in it. If the answer is no, then get the hell out of there because it's unhealthy for me. Yeah.
0: Do you feel that sometimes we tend to hold on to things way past the expiration date because of a variety of factors?
1: I think I do that a lot Mm. for myself and I see why a lot of people do that. I think all of us guilty of that Mm -hmm. uh, to many different extent Uh, you 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 see the the thing is we hold on to the idea of it that we were hoping to live into yep that's one of it another one is the idea of it that we were living with that we really liked that's why people hold on to certain connections and relationships or pets that have passed away They cannot let go of grief because Mm. they don't realize that you can appreciate the precious parts of it and you can have so much love for it, but you also can have so much hate for however things have played out. Both sides can coexist. The moment you think they cannot coexist and you're fighting it, that's when you cannot come into full acceptance of it. Mm. You cannot come into full acceptance. How are you going to process your emotions? How are you going to fully embrace the experience and move past it and to hold on to it as part of your journey? But know that it's not to define your lived experience. You know, like I think it's again a perception kind of thing. We, we find it hard to let go of all these things past their expiration date. Only because of the idea we have of how it should be. Mm. And the moment you recognize that logically, you can go through the line of thought where you're like, that's so stupid, you know this and then then you're not even letting go. Or you can be in the other space where you're like, I'm going to actively try to find ways to bring myself into a better space go and seek whatever modalities help you. Maybe it's drinking till you're drunk every single day with your friends or maybe after going through that phase, it's like, I'm going to go through a super healthy perch and be vegan all the way, you know, yep. like yep. do whatever helps you get out of that space but don't dwell in those moments for too long because for you to transcend and transit out of that space, you have to go through the ups and downs to work past it. Definitely. There has to be motion. And it's better to generally be moving rather than stagnant. Mm. Even if you're spiraling down, at least you're moving.
0: There is momentum.
1: There is momentum. And with momentum, you can catch that pace and then move in a certain direction. Because yep. then again, tapping into your senses, your, your emotions, you know when or not you feel good, uh, feel bad. Take whatever helps you in that moment. Yeah, but... I think a lot of us do hold on to things. It's interesting
0: because the idea of holding on to something, whether you're conscious or not, there's a certain sense of comfortability with that. And the idea of, let's say, transiting, let's say uh, the loss of a pet, yeah. you you need to let go of it. You, you, you kind of know that it's important. You kind of know that you have to, but the idea of transiting through the entire process means that there is a loss. You're acknowledging that it's gone forever. It's not going to come back. And that could feel more... That 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 potential scenario could feel a lot more scarier. Yeah. Hence the, the the comfortability of oh, I'm just gonna hold on to my grief for X amount of years, no matter what uh psychosomatic symptoms it gives me and stuff like that, that's a lot more comfortable because I know that the that the past has happened. That's how our brains kind of rationalize the whole thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And and we tell ourselves the stories we want to hold on to, right? Like that's how powerful the mind is. Mm-hmm. So I mean. There are people who end up getting like Alzheimer's and all that. Like, I, I'm, it's gonna sound so fucked up, but people choose to have that happen to themselves. Mm.
0: Could, could you define that a little bit? What do you mean by that?
1: So, a lot of souls, right, when you read into it, right, they, this is yes, spirituality, psychic related stuff, Mm-mm-mm. Um, but also from stories I've heard, they choose to forget because it's more it's more painful to hold on to those memories and to hold on to only the pleasant ones that they want to Mm. or the ones that they feel somatically more comfortable living in. So, we do choose all the things that we end up living with. Um, For example, let's say... um, Oh, I'm, I'm threading the line so cautiously over here because... I speak from a space where I I've gone through sex, sexual assault hmm. and been through that space where I'm like I wanna hope the person has the worst life that yep. he can have like from from doing that to me. But then it became very empowering when I stopped looking at myself as the victim and I'm like uh no, cause I'm not gonna give him power to or yep. the experience the power to hold me back from experiencing my life and 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 to hold on to that hatred i have towards him forgiveness is i mean we we hear it all the time right it means letting go but like what is that letting go it is to be able to forgive yourself for showing up the way you did Mm -hmm. we cannot let go of it and we tend to be angry and we point at another because we cannot accept that we allow ourselves to show up in that situation or life has brought upon that that thing that that now holds us in this unhealthy headspace and and made us feel unsafe. You know, you just need to change your programming, your perspective, and yep. it does take a lot of effort. But the moment you're able to see the other side, and you acknowledge that this is not something you want to give power to hurt you anymore, yep. you'll do so much better. You, you won't feel like it's hard to let go. Mm. You grieve. You grieve the loss of that version of yourself. So I think the ability to go through grief in any aspect of your life, the loss of anything, is something that's very important. And if you avoid that lesson in the loss of a job, circumstances, situations, certain relationships, the first time you'll truly experience it is when you experience the loss of a loved one. Mm. That's why it hits people so hard. When, when their loved ones pass on because they yep. feel like they haven't properly said the things they wanted yep. to say, have regrets, all that yep. kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and people don't like knowing that they don't have control over mm. these kind of things and situations, but you need to know you have control over your perception. The moment you recognize that and you know that you cannot control how life happens around you, you should generally theoretically be healthy enough to work past any trauma that comes into your life yep. as unfortunate as it might be as painful as it might feel yep. um, you'll be able to work past it
0: i'm curious to know the, the example you shared about uh, recognizing and not uh, viewing that experience as you are the victim did that epiphany come randomly did it come true because someone was speaking and it hit you and you realized it? That you no, know, the heavens open up like because we always have this <laughs> idea of this oh this muse or this epiphany. Then oh every t- time would just stop and we realize it. But I'm curious to know uh, if if you if you remember like was it just like a regular day and then it just you just realized it and from then on it's like a shift in, in, in perspectives.
1: I think the shift happened over time from me mulling over it mm-hmm. and because the perpetrator was uh and I say this just for people's understanding, Uh, I don't look at him as a perpetrator anymore. Um, He's my cousin Mm. and he's like, I look up to him like elder brother. I Mm. don't have any elder siblings so I looked up to him and it was really painful when, because it happened to me when I was 10 Mm. and at an older age I then recognised like, it's fucked up what he did. It's not right. When when school started teaching sexual ed, then I'm like, oh, that was not okay like for my cousin to have done that and, When I realized it, I was at the age of 13. I know like from that instance onwards, right, I've been very cautious around him. When he's in the room with my younger female cousins or my sister, I would plant myself over there to protect everyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the moment I realized what he did was wrong, from the age of 13 up till I think like sometime last year, I still held on to a lot of anger and grudge towards him. And I'm like this fucker did yep. this to me and because of that I, I didn't have a healthy image of myself like sexually just a whole bunch of issues yep. that I won't even get into but like I think like mulling over it for so long then over time realizing oh my god I'm giving this too much power and I need to reclaim my own autonomy over my emotions and and to properly heal from this is it's to acknowledge that firstly it's past like yep. Expiration that we talk about, right? It's it's past, however long already, and and like it's painful for me, but like, and yes, because of that, I've allowed myself to be in situations with past partners where like I just didn't dare to speak up and say say like I don't want, you yep. know, like yep. I don't want the experience. But like, I think like recognizing how it had played out over time, and if I still hold on to this narrative of he hurt me and I am still hurt. I will forever live in that hate space. Yeah, it's technically
0: not the past, it's the present. Uh.
1: It becomes, yeah. it, and, but it's yeah. actually the past yeah, exactly. that I'm living in there. Eh. Yeah. And it's so wild to think about it. And I'm just like, dude, Pauline, what the fuck? You still want to live like that? Are you serious? Because I think there was this instance where, um, I told my partner, like, hey, actually, I did not want to have sex, mm-hmm. like, last night. And I thought I made that clear. And he's like, no, la. but then, like, in the end, it, it still happened, right? Then I'm like, yeah, but I realize I don't feel safe, like in my body, and this is me speaking with a lot more mindfulness and self awareness. Yeah, nah. maybe, maybe it didn't <laughs> sound like that back then, but yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, like um, but like I I put it into words in the best I could in that moment, and I'm like, I I didn't feel okay, and he's like, actually, where where does this stem from? How come like you're not okay with it? Why didn't you feel safe? And I pulled out a few different instances like where I recognized certain triggers and why I didn't want to be physically intimate with him that mm. night. You know, or you upset me or whatever. La, like different reasons. La. And and then I realized like, part of it is because the way he showed up made it feel like I didn't have a call over my body and I didn't have autonomy. People will push the limits that they can to try and get the things they want. Mm. That is in every aspect of life. So are you going to give in to the person in that moment? I realized I gave in because of this narrative I had and I just told him straight, like, oh, these are my triggers. This is where it came from. And I think like, it just slowly like kind of simmered in my brain. And one day, like, I was talking to this client who had, experience sexual assault and it just flowed out in words where I'm like you cannot look at yourself as a victim anymore because it's so damn long ago and it's not fair to you to hold on to this narrative you want to change the narrative because now you're no longer the victim now you have a say and you can speak up for yourself and it might start out as a whimper but over time your voice will keep getting stronger and you'll be able to shout in the face of someone who pushes those limits I didn't dare to shout at my cousin because firstly I didn't know it was wrong. And like secondly, like I was in a space where being very introverted, quiet as a child, I was just like, he is the elder brother, he should be taking care of me. But now knowing all these things from my experience, I know better. I can speak up for myself. This is the narrative I want to hold on to because mm-hmm. I have the wisdom and I don't want to live that experience for no reason, you know? Like, like, or I go through that, then okay, I hold on to the pain forever, and yep. then like. I'm not going to be able to say no to my partners in future. Isn't that crazy to even hold on to? And and it wasn't like a moment where it was like, ah, epiphany. But it's like over time, I managed to put it into words. And only through a conversation was I then able to like see like, oh, I actually worked past that. Yep. And I remember like growing up being like, the day he can marry, I'll whisper in the wife. Yeah, and then be like, <laughs> do you know what he did to me? You know, this kind of dramatic yep. stuff, yep. you know. Are so angry yeah, and like rightfully so, but but it doesn't feel nice to hold on to anger. There's this story I shared with my father. My father's very overprotective, lah. Um, I shared this at the age of eighteen. I'm twenty eight this year. Ten years ago, he I think he like burned the book or threw the book away after he read it because he's like, "I'm your parent. I'll forever worry." But the story is called "Let Go of the Banana." So was okay, a
0: weird title, but okay.
1: Oh, it's simple. So, how hunters? would catch monkeys. Okay. They cut open a hole big enough for the monkey to put his hand into. Yep. But small enough so if the monkey holds its hand in a fist, it it cannot remove. You just throw the banana in, that's the damn trap. And (laughs) life will throw you a lot of these traps. (laughs) So you want to let go of the banana or you want to just hold on to it. Yeah. And I think that story is something that helped me in many of my experiences i always remember that story because i'm like i tried to have a teaching moment with my father you know and and i see why it could have helped him but i also see how it can help me in letting go of things that sway past its expiration and that's not to say we want to forgive people who have hurt us and put us in situations that might be dangerous because Again, your wisdom is going to look different and your circumstances are going to look different. You have to, with your own discernment, decide for yourself what feels safe for you in that moment. But are you able to let go of that old narrative that doesn't serve you anymore? I think that part is what we find very hard to kind of reconcile with because it is a lot easier to look at ourselves as victims in those circumstances where we feel like we didn't have the power and the truth is we did not have the power yep. but now do you want to have the power?
0: Exactly Thank you for sharing the story mm. and it's interesting to, 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 to hear you say that because you're not denying that it didn't happen. Deny is also one uh, particular path one might go down when, when faced with trauma but you're not denying, actually you're acknowledging it but hearing you say that the, the general feeling is a lot more empowering of a narrative to actually like carry forward for the next however many years
1: yes and I think like this one well, of my friends shared with me this story of of this lady who was sold into prostitution in I think in India and she got raped so many times and of course she did not want to do sex work but like over time she came up with this, tiny organization that ended up helping more women in Mm. that space and she owned the work that she was doing and she was proud of it because she's like good at it you know and I feel like wow like you hear these kind of stories and you're like it's so crazy and wild to think someone can go through those kind of experiences and still live through it but like it is freaking possible and everyone has the capability to shift their mindset and their perception of their reality in the way they wish to start living through with. Yep. So, all these success stories are there, not only to inspire us, but to remind us like, hey, we actually can have full autonomy of our reality. Yep. Yeah.
0: Because the idea that an individual might have a choice in any particular sale or matter or have their own agency and be responsible for whatever they're feeling, whatever they want to do. The flip side of that is, if you're not having... Outwardly successful, or you're content with yourself. <laughs> you have to acknowledge the fact that your shitty situation is based on your choices, yeah. and that is that could potentially be a bitter truth to 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 actually acknowledge and to 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 come to terms with.
1: Yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow, but the ego the ego hates it for many different reasons. Mm. But you live with your ego identity. You don't feel happy. Then isn't that? we was space to be in
0: and, and the ego isn't the self right it's two no, distinct different things right I mean not. because the idea of you having many different selves uh, showing up to different roles I think that some people might not be aware of that some people might hear the voice that could be their ego could be their sense of pride and people might think oh that's me that's yeah. myself yeah
1: it's easy to live in that space because it's so hard to go through ego deaths and deaths of our identities. Um, but we actually have to go through it in many aspects in our life. Um, what from, do you mean by that? Yeah. So being a child yep. versus being a teenager, being a supposed adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> figuring <laughs> life out, being, being a daughter is going to look different from being a sister, yep. being, a mother to your children in future, you have so many roles to play. Mm -hmm. You definitely have different identities and and personalities that you have forged to kind of show up in... You might show up in very similar ways in all these areas, yeah. And and that can be dangerous because you will think like, I know myself very well Mm because I show up in this way. But... If you're aware of your stresses and traumas and you acknowledge that you forged this identity because you don't want to feel the pain you used to or the fear yep. of having no control, if you're able to surrender that fear, you will then re- recognize like, oh, how this part of your identity, your ego does not serve you. Because it's actually bringing you a lot more issues than yep. you should be living with. <laughs> um, It's a tough use to swallow very happy to serve it in a lot of my conversations with <laughs> the people in my life also. Yep, yep. um, and But but I think like, again, it does back down to like, hey, if you've been doing things in that certain way and you feel like you are at a standstill at this point in your life and you're like, how come not progressing? Because this methodology worked for mm. 20 years. Because yep. it's not fucking working really. Yep. La, like, get out of there. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's just that simple. But like, it's difficult to embrace acknowledge and and be like yeah actually i put myself in this space for three years longer than i should mm. I have so many clients who come in and i'm like you're in this space for eight years really they, then they come back they like hey yeah huh and i'm like yeah huh <laughs> you still have to say yeah huh <laughs> so now today i'm gonna tell you you want it to continue for another eight years yeah. or you're gonna stop it in the next six months stop la yeah. very tired right stop yeah you're so tired why still hold on to it
0: it's definitely interesting to consider that sometimes we we do know what we need to do but it takes the right I guess season and circumstances to actually like come to a decision that we need to wait out that eight years to have someone external point it out to us okay maybe it's time to let it go.
1: And it's funny because like even myself like my friends and family can tell me the same damn thing for so long <laughs> and I'm like I know I know I know but then for some reason a sh- a random grab uncle can share that wisdom and it's in a different tone a different language in different words
0: together yeah in different a sentence, words
1: yeah. yeah sometimes the exact same words just different tone mm-hmm. right and and they, they can say it super nonchalantly like it's just a matter of fact and it just slaps the right way la. <laughs> and then you feel that slap then you are like okay la, I don't really want to be here anymore yep, yep. so so I think it's that moment that you need and there's no point holding on to oh my god I stay here for so damn long and then you start blaming yourself don't go down that path like just recognize okay lah I want to move past this and then start to move past it lah and go through that tiny back and forth motion of jumping in from one end of the spectrum to the other before you can finally shift that angle and perspective to live life in a different way that's all that it is you know life is not meant to be lived in a linear way where it's like through Mm. time that's why time is a construct but like it's not like point a to point z and and then we go through the cycle like that right and it's it's that's why when we look at all those like trippy diagrams or or mandalas right there's so much depth to it that's how life is meant to be experienced it's it's this ebb and flow and there's this undulation of, of the different parts and aspects of it and some parts will only come into play and be important maybe 30 years down the road and mm-hmm. you'll never know. But that's the beauty of life also. And if you're able to see things from this perspective, you you will not be so like hard up on having things a certain way, holding on to very fixed perspective. You'll be able to shift from one perspective to the other and, and to know there's no point in blaming the circumstances or people or situation. It's just, okay, like I was there because maybe I a bit stupid law and mm-hmm. I could have done better and, Maybe I didn't know I, I I didn't have the power. Like in that moment, I, I thought I didn't have the power, but now I know I have the power. Yeah. So shift in perspective, embracing it, acknowledging it and owning it, then moving past whatever is no longer serving you. That's the journey, ma. And, yeah. and that's the fun part to it also. Yeah.
0: It's interesting to consider the multiple identities you have. Let's say just as a child growing up. A girl, a woman. There is a physical change that people yeah. see, but people don't see the 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 mental change you have, or even the spiritual change. Everything is unseen. Yes. And th- there could be manifestations like the way you speak, but it's it mostly goes uh, unseen. And I think I had a previous podcast with another guest before, and I think uh, we were talking, talking, and I think we perhaps come to uh, favor or like depend on our eyes. Too much, yep. because whatever we don't see, whatever we can't uh, immediately have that visual feedback, mm. we don't acknowledge. We we think it's uh, something else. We we don't we don't believe in it. But a lot of the things, a lot of the mental, I guess, fortitude and the mental change development, you can't see that.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, you really don't see that unless someone chooses to, to to share it with you. Unless someone unless you engage them in this thing called language and communication, you will know because yep. people change physically. Fair,
1: Yeah.
0: acknowledgeable, but mentally. 20 years, 30 years, hopefully people will change because it is a journey.
1: Yeah, It is. And I think like to, I mean, there's, there's no shame in staying in one certain way, right? For the rest of your life. But like, if you know it's not serving you, why hold on to it? And, and I think why we hold on to all these tangible aspects is because we are on Earth, lah. and like, this is a 3D experience, la. <laughs> so if you want to go and, and think about multiverses yep. and, and parallel universes, right? The magic is, it's true, by the way. Like, I, I managed to see many of these realities, but like, topic for another day. Um, yep. but you are here to live and love and, Love comes with pain and suffering. Unfortunately. <laughs> it does. It's part and of the package, right? It is part of the package. You cannot have all those people love and like love. Picula. Like, no, <laughs> no, there's no way. There, there has to be the shadow and fear that comes with it. Pain and suffering comes with it. Otherwise, how will you truly appreciate life or what it can offer? Um, yeah, so tangible aspects, ouch, pain, but then love, like something that cannot be seen. Right? That's to be felt. You have to truly allow yourself to trust and that is sometimes with a bit of blind faith Mm. (laughs) which can be very scary but the moment you're able to surrender you will start to see how you can see love and and appreciation for all the things that have played out in your life and the ones that will keep playing out for you. You know, again, perception and how you allow yourself to see your reality. I think like also, like a super huge, huge portion. Um, there has been coming up in conversations with my friends. Um, I have this like group of like super conscious friends. Like, super we,
0: conscious could, friends. Yeah, I call so them super like conscious. Sounds like a
1: superhero. you No, we are, we just have very mindful and conscious conversations, but we can go all the way to like super beachy stuff. Also, cool. so yeah. very fun. Like very very fun. Um, we keep thinking about life and and like how we're meant to experience it and. It's such a great reminder, every single thing for you to recognize that you don't have to fully accept everything in your experience and to be like, yeah, this is good for me. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to see the takeaways you can get from it, you will start to see how there's no missed opportunities. You will start to see how all your lived experiences are important for your growth. And you'll start to see how every single person in your life is a teacher to you. Mm are teaching you something they don't have to verbally say it It can show up as an angry parent and yep. and a toxic partner whatever yep. like we have all these terms right but all these people are teachers to you why to learn to set boundaries but learn to also push those boundaries and then to learn your own bandwidth and and what you're comfortable with but also knowing that all these forged identity ego right um they might have served you at that point in time mm-hmm. but might not be necessary in a different circumstances and situation um, that you're starting to inch into. So it's it's this sense of like feeling again and, and all these feelings not tangible. And it is very unfortunate if you have to allow it to come out and manifest in a physical form where you end up getting sick. Mm. And you're like, oh my God, I got like cancer right now yep. because I hold back on all these, but you don't actually know. Until like you go to some energy reader, spiritual reader, then you're like, oh, it came from here. Yep. Yeah, you can always trace back um, where it comes from. It's just something that you cannot see and you cannot take for granted the fact that your emotions are important. Again, back to yep. all the points we've talked about. Yep. Acknowledge it, feel into it, move past aspirations when you have to and be present with yourself. Yep. Yeah, and... Know that not everything is tangible. I have a lot of respect for my friends who are extremely pious and religious because they some people will be like, huh, you cannot see God, then like how can you trust it, right? I think in a larger sense with spirituality and my own practice, like I know that there's greater power and and Mm. there's something larger than. And I can respect that. I have friends who follow through specific practices in religion to follow through. yeah? Yeah, correct. And they always fall back onto that because they know it truly fills their heart. And it's something that you cannot see, you cannot feel. You can, no, you cannot see, but you can feel entirely in all of your being. Why, why people say like, oh, I see the light. Like when, when like Jesus came into my mind or, or like I have Muslim friends who tell me like when, when they, when they start falling back um away from their religion, they realize they're straying further away. But then I have those who who tell me like, oh, but then when I finally found my way back, like I realized everything just clicked and and I just needed to go through that journey. That is how life is meant to be experienced. It's yep. in all the intangible aspects and that is what truly makes life special. You can have all the luxuries in the world, everything tangible, but you cannot truly appreciate life or what it is without this aspect. Yep. Again, it's that whole idea of light and shadow, yin and yang. Masculine, feminine, uh, high and low,
0: chaos and control,
1: chaos and control. Yeah,
0: I find it funny whoever programmed this particular matrix that (laughs) you, you, you acknowledge that you have power. You acknowledge that you have control. But then ultimately, you have to see the way. You have to surrender. I, that is fucking funny.
1: Yeah, I love it though. Like I think like it's this duality that makes yep. it so beautiful, and it makes life fun. Hmm. And I say fun every time people come in for a reading. I tell them, "Oh, very funny!" Like they think it's a good thing. I'm like, "Oh no, fun because it's got ups and downs." <laughs> but like that's that's how life can truly be appreciated. I feel like if you've never tasted a bad meal, how would you know yep. when a meal is good, right? It's as simple as that.
0: Before we move on to the next, one, I'm curious to know: Do you think there are morally right and morally wrong things? What, what's your What's your perspective on that?
1: Uh branding, branding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How should I speak? Yeah. Um, that's very much dependent on every individual. Okay, you can follow through with the collective view in society based off your level of comfort. I've had this discussion before with one of my ex. He's like, "Why is incest wrong?" Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, "Cause like can have fucked up babies and all that kind yeah, of thing, genetics genetic genetic- yeah. Like that.
0: So that so that's a biological reason, yeah.
1: Correct. Then it's like isn't that bad because like you don't want a child to come into form that's like less than healthy. Yep. Then he's like, okay, let's put that aside. Let's say, let's say we put that aside and they never conceive. Why is it wrong? I think I was quite stunned at that moment because he's like, if they are both consensual adults and it's not like the child was groomed into it, mm. why should we stop them? And I, I was just like, true.
2: <laughs> 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 the softest of lines. <laughs> yeah,
1: it keeps getting softer. Yeah. I, but I cannot fight that because mm-hmm. I have to say it's not for me, yep. but it might be for someone in yep. Alabama. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, okay. You
1: know, yep. no, but like what feels right for you it can feel very wrong for another person. Exactly. What is cheating? Yep. A lot of people look at this like a super terrible thing you know like i have friends who are like yeah if my partner cheat on me right i know to leave immediately but I have other friends who are like oh my god i got cheated and then they get very very sad and they hold on to it for damn long mm. no like it's a perspective thing right like it was unhealthy already the relationship the opportunity presented itself the person cheated just that simple mm. but then no we want to like hold on to other stuff and then put ourselves on a pedestal. Oh my God, I I am the one who's right. I showed up in the relationship in the right way. The person who cheated is wrong. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, put yourself into a victim mindset where you're like, huh, I got cheated on and then yep. like, woe is me. Yep. Like, why it's so tiring? Right? But is there moral standards we should follow through with? generally try not to kill la, and <laughs> try not to steal. La. Not very nice, right? It's very unpleasant to be on the other end of this. I things. would
0: imagine so, yes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so imagine yourself on the other end. Would it be nice to take advantage of another person in mm. that moment? Um, Are you pushing the limits a bit too much? Where is your own personal limit and can you understand the limit of another? Yep. How then can you show up to respect their boundaries? Yep. But still also get closer to what you want. Yeah. That's after each
0: individual. <laughs> it's also interesting to consider uh whether you might be religious or whether you might not be religious. A lot of these uh moral ethics and moral code, they come from there. Or yeah. uh, whether someone isn't religious, it comes from maybe the like, parents hearing something and they tell the kid and it's stuck. And if you don't, uh if you don't acknowledge or if you don't, if you're unaware of it, it would just be be stuck with you and you generally don't really have uh, a reply you like let's say the incest thing yeah. it's better it's not for me it could yeah. be for someone else who's to say what the experience of it is because i'm sure it's a lot more complicated than yeah. oh the brother and the sisters are fucking yeah i'm sure it is a lot more complicated I,
1: I, i'm sure and from so far the accounts i've read online because these ones are interesting to read mm. they're like no i just love my sibling a lot and i'm like okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess if you want to express your love towards your sibling in that way go ahead right but like Again, it's your own expression. Yep. It comes back to your own means of expression and, and what you feel is right. And that's based off conditioning. That's based off learned experiences. Yep. That's based off your own journey in life. Yep. Yeah. I definitely. guess your own
0: definitions of it as well. Like the cheating okay. thing. Like Let's yeah. say like if someone is open to, like someone's super mon- monogamous, one partner, yeah. but on the flip side, there are people who have multiple partners. Everybody is concentric. Everybody's okay with it. That could be cheating in some other people's definition.
1: Yeah. And and I think it's it's so interesting this whole idea of pol uh po- polyamorous relationship and monogamy right when government tells us we need to get married and if you cheat then that is not right yep. and we follow through with that system people will think yeah that's why if you cheat you are wrong mm. and monogamy is the right way to go yep. but. How is it that we can have people who have multiple partners in their life and actually have the capability and and capacity in their heart to love multiple individuals at a goal? We can love so many of our friends and we can, we are not blind. We can be sexually attracted to multiple people at a goal, right? Um, Yeah. And and it's very normal, like to, to have that fondness. So what are your own values? What are the values you're going to follow through with? Are you with someone and, and in a community? when you feel safe enough to express that mm. and to live in your own truth, are these people people who also align with your values? That's the larger part of it, I think, at the end of the day.
0: Because it's ultimately not about um, uh, wholesaling, taking someone else's or like a religion's a moral code, right? It's, you have to identify, okay, maybe this is wrong, this is bad for me, maybe I don't do this, these are the things I will never do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and i think like sometimes when I when i meet certain people who have like gone through different experiences and tried different religions before they they always come back with this specific um thing i i realize in a lot of their shares there is no one right way to do thing
0: thankfully there isn't can you imagine if there is
1: oh my god <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> thankfully there isn't but
1: Wow. <laughs> acknowledging the fact that
0: there isn't means there is a sense of chaos because there is no yep. order, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and that space for exploration, that is space to experience different things. And yes, there is risk, but there's also reward on the other end. Law. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I'm curious to know, um, what is intuition in your definition? Mm. Because it feels like a word that... There's a lot of woo-woo to it. Like, yes. what the fuck is intuition? Is it like a sixth sense? People describe it as like the sixth sense, like mm-hmm. you know intuitively something's happening. So I'm curious to no, what what does it mean to you?
1: When I teach people how to be more intuitive, the first thing I tell them to do is to acknowledge their emotions and to understand what their body is trying to say to them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Intuition to me is sensibility when it comes to insensitivity, when it comes to your body and, and how it feels, how you feel in a certain experience and how you feel about certain experiences. It's just that simple. But then it's been played out in very dramatized ways where we are like, yeah, intuition means you can like have psychic abilities, all <laughs> this kind of... Yes, but then again, everything is not on a linear spectrum. It's Mm-mm. in all different nexus. So... That is just one form in which intuition can play out in, in the most extreme ways, right? Like, oh, I can see into the future or, or that kind of thing. But like, it could be as simple as understanding your emotions. Understanding your emotions so well that you understand your relationship with others. You understand and you are able to see patterns that people live into. And when they show up in it, you're able to call out on that. Mm. Some people will say they have a gut feeling and they know like, oh, this person not very good person, that kind of thing. Um... Yeah, that's because you are able to be very sensitive to the ways they are showing up, their actions, their words, um, and have the sensibility to be able to put the keys together like, and, and the key and lock and, and just be like, yeah, this is what it is. So, yeah, it's just that simple.
0: Would you say that it starts at a certain point in the body or in the mind for you, and then you start to notice all these things and you start to piece it in, uh, subconsciously?
1: I think all of it has to work together. There's no one way to do it. So, very interesting. Uh Again, I'll point out this one ex that talked about the incest thing. Yep. He is very intuitive, but he's very logically driven, but I'm more feeling-based. So he's intuitive, but then with logic, how he sees it is his mind plays out infinite night permutations until he picks the maybe top three that he thinks is best. That's the way he picks things out with his mind and then for me it's kind of like okay I feel all these different things which line and thread is very similar but it's felt mine is felt which thread feels like the one that's most accurate so when I'm doing channel readings for an individual or I'm reading the cards and trying to decipher the message and make it something that they can relate to in their own experience so basically telling them their life story right um i feel into those threats. my body will tell me yes 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 and if i'm uncertain about certain things i'll be like is it a yes or no yes no yes yes no 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 yes no yes no 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 no. it's kind of like a meter or sensor and your will yeah so it's very much felt for me, and and yeah, that's that's linked to um clear cognizance and a bit of clear sentience, sentience, right? like the ability to sense and and feel into things, yeah, and that's how intuition works for me, because my body maybe sometimes my heart will race and tell me yes, mm. like that's a hell yes, or um. For example, you can sense danger. You're walking at night and then you're like, hey, someone's stalking me right now. It's that kind of thing. It's quite primitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I like to, I like to, um, talk about this thing where we have our mind, our heart, and our gut. And these three parts of ourselves, right, speak very differently.
0: Because you, you mentioned about the racing heart. it could be anxiety as well. Yes, And you need to know what that feels like. Yes. So this is
1: another methodology when it comes to understanding yourself. So Mm -hmm. the mind tends to hold on to structures and patterns. patterns. Yes. And it decides on what is right or wrong in a way. Essentially. Um, With the ego. (laughs) The ego is in the mind. The heart is just a freaking translator for our head and our gut. Our head and gut will be like, yes, no, yes, no, I like this, I don't like this, and then the heart will feel perplexed because it just is trying to process what the gut and the head is trying to say. Mm-hmm. How gut instinct, if we look at it in the most primitive sense, without forged morals and identities, right? It knows what it likes. When people say they want to find their soul purpose, they want to find what works for them. The best way to tap into is your gut. But then, of course, we don't want to go all the way where you're super lizard like and, and, <laughs> and, then, and then you are like, yeah, I'm super animal. And then like, I'll take advantage of everyone around me. Mm-hmm. No predator mm-hmm. mindset. You don't want to be there. So striking a balance within this tree, understanding where it's coming from, um, is very important. We can condition our gut to be more anxious than usual. So like fear-based, fear-based kind of a space that is powering from. So again, understanding yourself, having that awareness uh, and and being mindful of which part of your body is speaking, that's very, very helpful.
0: Do you think there's a disconnect between let's say these three different uh, (laughs) modalities of let's say experiencing the world or there might be like a favoring of let's say the mind a lot more than let's say the heart?
1: It's dependent on individuals. There, like, I, okay. I, I feel like, yeah. So it's again back to your upbringing, conditioning, uh, the the communities you grew up in, and the ways that you chose to be from then on. Because sometimes you might have a certain family structure, and it just doesn't serve you, right? So you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna be the total opposite. But does that really serve you? Maybe not. So you have to have that awareness. Yeah. Is
0: it about having balance between everything?
1: Yeah, but balance is not 50-50. At certain Mm. points in time, it's 10%, 90. Maybe other points, it's like 60-40 or 0 and then 100. So, it's going to look different at different points in your life or different circumstances and situations. And I feel like that's why being present in your body is so important.
0: So, you mentioned about alchemy before. And throughout the podcast, you have introduced very interesting concepts. And with the mention of alchemy, um, I don't think it's a very known, uh, school of thought or philosophy today because I think it was superseded by the scientists and the, the methodology and stuff like this. Alchemy is kind of esoteric. Mm. It's thought of to be like this Ooh. mystical thing where people are tr- trying to transform, I think, uh, one, one particular material to another, which is generally yeah. that's the whole, the whole thing, transmutation. I'm curious to know, do you think that why, why are these uh, ways of thinking, esoteric ways of thinking, why are they still so um, poignant today? Why are they still so like uh, important? Because you would imagine when, let's say, physics, uh, biology, chemistry, when you can look into the atom and stuff like that, they have already superseded. We kind we of have this understanding of the world, but because yeah. alchemy came at a time when we didn't really understand the world. yeah. yeah. So why do you think that these ideas of like, the transmutation, these ideas of... And oh, changing something normal to a goal, rich, riches. Why, why, yeah. why do you think these ideals are still so important?
1: So, my belief, based off my knowledge from meditation and and all the realities I can see for myself, <laughs> is that it's because it is truth. It is. It true. is truth. Yeah, it is truth, and there's truth in it because maybe now with science we cannot understand it. Cause we are definitely yes a lot more technologically advanced than wherever we were, but we might not be at our max potential. Mm-hmm. Why do you think there are instances where they are like, oh, there are extraterrestrials connecting with us, and they have technologies that we don't have, and and yeah, you can read into all the different conspiracies where people say, yeah, the microwave was developed with like some technologies it got from other other or
0: like the permits, like who built it, all like right. yeah, all that, yeah, all that thing, yeah.
1: So maybe maybe it's my imaginative mind, or or maybe it's from really my ability to be able to tap into all this wisdom and knowledge that maybe we generally can't see and 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 physically feel, but it is because there's truth and all those weird woo-woo things where people can use their mind to like move (laughs) aluminium. (laughs) Or
0: bend a a spoon. (laughs) Correct, bend a
1: spoon. Um, There's a term for it. I cannot remember. It's like kinesthetic control or something like that. Can can read up. I I believe people out there will know the mind is that powerful and it can bring into reality certain things. You know, it's a funny thing but it won't be funny if it really happens. Uh my goal is to be able to snap my finger and then like light the paper up on fire. <laughs> I don't like you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. So there are people who are able to do that. I mean, I haven't met them in person, but like, where does that come from? Mm. And your mind has to be that powerful uh, to be able to create that reality. If i to share, right? The pyramids are built with a large collective of conscious a larger collective of the consciousness made me very different souls mm-hmm. coming together to meditate to bring it into form this mm-hmm. is what i saw mm-hmm. in my meditation and i confirmed it with a few of my other friends who saw that also um yeah that's that's a whole other story yeah but if you have that many individuals believing in that one reality that becomes reality yeah, yeah, and yeah. we can alchemize things in that same way also.
0: Very yeah. interesting. Are there any particular philosophies or like uh sentences or words that have stuck with you, I guess, throughout your life that keeps on reminding you uh in one way or another?
1: So I'm I love being a student, but I'm a very bad student. I can't <laughs> cite like that one place that I've gotten it from. But I think like there is this idea, it's just, I think it's just a mix of many different things that have allowed me to see and understand life the way I do right now. Um, if I can name a few, the idea of Spectacles by Guy Debord, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, imagine if we understand that, we will understand why we're so caught up with media and how it plays out and it's, it's kind of like a critic as to how we are living right now. And then there's this whole thing called like body without organs. So, how does it look like if you can change the permutations and the flow of the organs in one's system, just system as a whole? Mm. That to my, that to my understanding was a critic of the systems that exist and how we can reimagine it in mm. a different form and way. Just being able to, see all these different philosophies that forces you to understand things from a different perspective. I think, yeah, all these things have been very helpful. So I cannot really quote one. Yeah, because they've all been very helpful.
0: And it's also learning, right? Because when you see things from a different perspective, it sometimes could be difficult to unsee. Yeah. And if it's difficult to unsee, you kind of have to experience it, and you kind of have to find the truth of that. And maybe it requires you to change something in your own life or something like that.
1: yeah. And again, that's a beauty of it, but it can be very frustrating for people who have their first aha moments where, and then they they go into this like crisis where they're like, oh my god, I must figure my life out. I thought I had it figured out. Mm. Yeah, which I think collectively after COVID happened, a lot of us are experiencing. Um, yeah, but I think it it's perfect when it happens because it means that you've outgrown that version of yourself that doesn't serve you anymore. And hell yes, to to that new perspective that you are able to try and understand logically, but then maybe need to incorporate into your lived experience.
0: It's about the incorporation that is difficult because what yeah. if it is two different or jarring perspectives that you kind of have to find a middle ground or something supersede yeah. because same thing with balance. If it's too much on one end, it could be bad. If it's too much yeah. of the other, it could be
1: yeah that's why baby steps <laughs> we, we celebrate the baby steps <laughs> yeah. mm.
0: I want to speak briefly about yoga Um, why do you think it's so popular
1: I can go into so many things with how like it's been westernized and, and, mm. and popularized in all the different ways it has been right but <clears throat> if I if I look at it from a spiritual standpoint
0: it is spiritual would you agree to that
1: it is. Do, uh, do we
0: have a misconception of it? It's just like poses. It's
1: just the uh, mat and there everything. Are, there are people who look at it as exercise only. If mm. they don't have that um, knowledge or they haven't experienced it, um, I've had so many individuals who practice yoga for many many years, like way before like I started, who just only figured out like it's a very spiritual practice. So a lot of them look at it as exercise, and yep. I think this is the universe's perfect way of getting people into spirituality Mm. yeah because you look at it as a workout and then you you don't realize oh i got myself into this thing that's why there are people who just strictly do not touch yoga if they are very religious Mm. because they know that it is something that's very spiritual and they don't want to go off track in their own um, practices and religion Um, but yoga is very spiritual and, and I had this friend who who shed light on this perspective. He's he's kind of like... He he asked me, what is spirituality to you? And I'm like... I mean, for me, it's all the new age practices and metaphysical stuff that I'm into, right? But he said like... For me, spirituality is just a way of looking at life. It's like a perspective. Mm. And you can find spirituality in everything. And I'm like, that is so true. Why is spirituality... Um, branded in such a weird way like why is it woo woo you know it's not it's it's something that's actually really normal and I realized that we love to put labels on things and that causes separation mm. there's a re- reason why religions exist yes and I am not saying that they are all the same but there is truth that lines up in every single religion that you can find you know and, and you will find a common thread
0: There's more similarity than differences.
1: Yes. (laughs) You know, if I, and people will be pissed when they hear this, but like when I channel like the different gods, like in a different religion, all of them say the same thing. I don't punish. Mm -hmm. you all cause pain and suffering to yourself. I just love and I want you to enjoy and appreciate life and and love and live. That's the main message. Just in different tone. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a different tone. So at the end of the day, it's the language, the symbolism and what resonates with you. So for the new age practices and metaphysical practices that a lot of us are getting into and like yoga, that's just what works for people. Why why are people so into astrology, Mm -hmm. human design, the MBTI thing also, like so many different modalities. When I channel source and source has its main message I think source is a lot more um, truthful than God's wait what is source source is the collective consciousness the ultimate truth okay this is what I call source or sometimes I call it universe Mm. there's a lot of people like to call it God also yep right when I channel that truth that one truth and consciousness right what it has to say is that love is truthful and love is truthful why because it embodies in this physical experience in this 3d plane all the things that you can feel and sense and touch and also the ones that you cannot see it is an embodiment of all of that and it is all real it is all true and that is all love and why we cannot see that is because we cause separation through creating labels and categorizing mm. things. And and yes, it helps us understand things to certain depths and details Um, that we might not be able to if we just look at everything as love.
0: But it also blinds us, I assume.
1: Yes, it does. It causes a lot more conflict than harmony. Yep. And harmony is not everybody fine, happy on the same page. But like, you can be on your page, I'm on my page and very cool. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. But so, back, back to yoga like and spirituality, right? It is a very spiritual practice because it allows you to see a perspective of life that you might not be able to see, like, especially in an urban yep. city skate. Yep. Um, I think... Yoga in itself is a very inward kind of a practice. At the start, is physical asanas mm-hmm. as very easy to get into just the postures. But how are you getting into the postures? That takes you being mindful and present in your body in that moment to go into that pose. Are you able to go into full expression? No. Then you get frustrated with yourself. You start thinking, I'm not flexible mm-hmm. enough to do yoga. No. If you're not flexible, you're perfect for yoga. Yep. Because then you can train something up. Yeah. But... N- it forces you to see things from many different perspectives. Just like how running can be meditative for many individuals. Or yep. pottery is actually also a very meditative experience. Yep. There's no one way meditation yep. can look like um besides yeah, the one where we sit down in yoga and we close our eyes and just sit inside. It's not
0: just solitude for 30 minutes. You come out no. like feeling like a fresh pickle. It's like it, it really depends on the individual's brain and yes. how they, they feel towards different things, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And meditation looks different for different people. Mm. And you just need to find a modality and the means of expression that works for you. That's why all these things exist. We create all these categorization and different modalities, not for us to separate ourselves from others, but to find that common ground. That is what Source always says. Like, I created all these things and I allowed all of you to create all yep. of this to try and understand each other better. Yep. And that's why we have human design and then we try and understand. Mm. Yeah, it's for a better understanding not to cause separation.
0: It's also interesting that we label some of these things let's say pottery as a hobby yeah. or as, uh, 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 or we label it as uh, a hobby we label it as work all these things if we were to look at it through that lens it's just a way to understand oneself
1: yeah, yeah. like even even in in like a corporate setting like there can be spirituality in that if you allow yourself to see like if you have a, um, an open concept office versus one where you're in cubicles mm. it's just different perspectives right different ways of going through the experience and yeah, yoga is beautiful because it allows people to see that in an urban cityscape. And, and it forces them to get active also, which is nice and pleasant. Yep, yep. Forces them to be present in their body with their breath. Because mm. um, in yoga, there's a whole part of it that's um, also practice in breath work and meditation. Um, but the larger part of it, it is to be able to understand your place in the world. Your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others, mm. your relationship with your environment, your community, your society, and and maybe larger, grander parts—God, divine, universe, yep. whatever you call it—yeah.
2: I
0: recall the example that you mentioned about your friend asking about spirituality, and he mentioned something that it is in everything, right? Yeah. That that calls to mind a memory where I think people are talking about the the spirituality of I think old in japan they see life in everything and yeah. they they manifest it into like the animations and how they will add a certain sense of quirkiness and they believe that they are like evil spirits good spirits and all these different things and you can look at it through the art yeah. it often strikes me as interesting where i think it's uh, eastern spirituality and religions they are more inward looking while the westerners they tend to believe like a figurehead or something else yeah. is, is that is that something that you notice or you see as well
1: I think like we, we can find common threads in all of this, but then if we see it from a different perspective and explain it from a different perspective, we'll see how on the flip side they can be, for example, in, in, in Western philosophies, let's say it can be a lot more inward looking also. Mm. And in Eastern philosophies, it's a lot more outward. How and why? Because if you look if you don't look outwards, how can you see what is inside also at the same time? Does that make sense? So how they find marvel in everyday objects, right? In, in the simplest forms, that takes you looking at something beyond yourself and then mm. to f- pull that thread. That is one part that always plays out in all different philosophies and Again, it's the idea of perception, right? Are you going to step in the box and then be in the box for a while and then look outside from inside? Are you going to step out of the box mm. to look inside um, from a different perspective? Macro, micro...
0: Yep, everything in between.
1: Correct, everything in between. Yeah, And I yeah.
0: believe this unique uh, ability to introspect. I believe it's uniquely human. Yeah. I, I think they say that I think that's what they can't tell from animals, whether whether they can they're able to introspect this level where we are thinking such abstract thoughts that yeah. on the outside we might be doing like a pose, but inside we're just thinking of seven different scenarios as what will happen in the past, future, present. We're able to hold space for all these different things and yeah, while on the outside we're just doing something else.
1: Yeah. And, and it is funny because like even in yoga poses, a lot of it is. A lot of the poses are named after like animals. Yep. So we do look at them and then use them as examples and teachers also. Um, so, but then actually, like some animals, they do have like a certain level of consciousness and awareness and sometimes smarter than a lot. Mm, definitely. As other humans, yep. then we give them self credit for. Yep. So, um, there's a lot that we cannot understand with just all the technologies we have, yes, developed over time and really great where we're at, but there's a lot more than we allow ourselves to see and that's where spirituality comes in and that's where sometimes people go into like new age practices to try and understand all these things in a different, through a different framework. Yep. Like, like, yeah.
0: As, as we wind on the conversation, I'm curious to know how do you identify or choose or figure out what is authentic to yourself? Because if we're in the maelstrom of all these different thoughts and we know these different things and we feel uh, wisdom from everywhere, how how do you know what is authentic to you?
1: I can see lessons and wisdom from every single thing, but not everything would feel truthful for me. Um, I say this after having... Hmm. After having processed my thoughts and feelings in so many different aspects and with whatever woo woo skills <laughs> I have, seen the things I've seen yep. in the different realities that my consciousness is playing out also. Um, at least I know in this one incarnation and for the reasons I've chosen to come into this body this lifetime, um, what I wish to do is to be able to offer a different perspectives uh, a different perspective to all the people I interact with to interact and, and connect with them through conversations through stories mm-hmm. um if I go into the Wuwu community and introduce <laughs> myself right uh, the way I've I've told people um, my purpose is uh, is to help people live in harmony by embracing duality. Mm. So, to be able to understand that not to truly embrace everything and and understand life for what it is and, and to live into your fullest purpose would mean that you can understand your point of view but also appreciate and embrace and accept that of another who might be totally opposing yours. Yep. Yeah, so again, that whole idea of victim and perpetrator to know that there's truth in both of it and mm. and at the same time, the perpetrator can be a victim in all of their past experiences also and knowing that there's no one way of looking at things, you have to be able to see things from all these different perspectives to truly understand life. This is like my larger purpose <laughs> yeah, for the whole community kind of a uh, introduction. Is it
0: paralyzing to know so much? Yet you can only let's say like you have to act
1: <laughs> no, because
0: because it's funny because physically it's it's kind of like linear in a sense you can only be in one place at one time but i guess yeah. the mind doesn't work in that sense it's not linear no. it, it bounces off tangents it goes to the past something happened 10 years ago you still remember it yes. the mind is linear but the body is because you're still in physical reality
1: yeah.
0: it's paralyzing
1: i i think it can it can get quite paralyzing maybe not paralyzing like crippling a little crippling in some circumstances because if i can see so many things and i know the potential reality that will play out for me just in the ability to see all these things, right? And understand it. I get very impatient. <laughs> but that's my larger mean? lesson. What do you mean? Because yeah. I'm like, if I'm if I meant to do this and and I'm gonna be there already, I have the privilege to to know the things I, I know. Why can't I already be there? <laughs> but I'm in a 3D body where yep. we measure time over here <laughs> yep. and and I still have to go through this physical experience, even though I can meditate and then go way out astral traveling and, and and to be in different spaces that that is way faster. Um just communicating with light language, let's say. Um, yeah, like I can be there and I appreciate being there and I love being there. Mm. But now I have this physical body on earth and this reality that I am truly controlling. I need to be patient with it and and allow myself to see how my life can unfold into the ways that I already know it would. Um so it feels crippling only because I'm impatient.
0: Yep.
1: Perspective again. It's a very
0: strange lesson to have it for is yourself, a, isn't it?
1: It's so frustrating, I tell you. The way the way I've I've had like I've had to like reiterate the same wisdom again and again to all my clients who come in. I've managed to manifest like a life so seamless in a way where if I know I'm going to be tired, right? My client will cancel on me that day and postpone the session. And and then it just works out or like, yeah, so they'll tell me they got COVID and I'm like, oh, mm. I get to rest. Today. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and it's gotten to a point where I look at everything as oracles in my life. The universe is telling me signs. So I know in every interaction there's a message for me. Mm. There's something for me to take away from. Maybe if I'm in a better headspace, fast enough, um I'm able to pick up on it immediately. Mm. But otherwise, right now, I can actually process it quite quickly, like within the next couple of hours or max three days, yep. I will already know why I went through the experience. Yeah. So in hindsight, I'll know, but it doesn't take as long as like 10 years for me to recognize yep. it. Yeah. And my clients who come in are generally facing very similar circumstances to myself at present. Mm-hmm. And I would have, Given them the message, but it is the same message for me.
0: Interesting.
1: And I'm very aware and, and mindful of not projecting my own circumstances to it. I still get goosebumps doing my reading because of law of attraction, manifestation, yep. and the way the universe keeps telling me, like, see, this is true. You try to debunk the tarot, right? Mm. This is what life looks like. Yep. If you really allow yourself to see the intangible aspects of it and to surrender to it. So it's, it's been very mind-boggling, can be crippling at times, but also really humbling at the same time.
0: Interesting. Um, so when I was doing my research for this particular episode, um, I looked through tarot, I looked through uh, different, um, I guess, ideas of alchemy, uh, things being more esoteric. I looked mm-hmm. through, I think, magic. I looked through uh, witchcraft. I looked through green magic. The one thing that stood out to me was intent. Mm. Ultimately, focus on intent and uh, I think h- hyper fixation of intent of what you want. That is the underlying foundation of, let's say, magic, let's mm. say, tarot. Um, is, is that something you agree with, or do you see a uh, common sensibility or common pattern throughout the things that you do?
1: I love that you pointed intent out. I- I always tell people the intention is very important in everything. I've had clients who come in and tell me, I feel like I'm getting all these malicious attacks. I'm getting psychic attacks. I think someone put a curse on me. And I tell them, do you want to give that person and their intention the power to have control over you? It's a perspective thing. So I always tell them, you will feel like you're going through these attacks, but they're only as truthful as you allow it to be.
0: Mm. strangely liberating
1: it is very liberating and in that moment they'll be like no you don't get it like I'm experiencing all these things sleep paralysis and I'm like yes I have been through that Mm. and I'm telling you the only reason why all these ghosts or attacks and curse can like be in your experience is only because you have that fear and you relinquish some sort of control to that person that experience and 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 you gave up that part of your own autonomy to that, mm. that's why it feels so real. And very often, like it's so funny, you know, placebo is a real thing, la. So sometimes maybe who knows what's what's true like in, in life, right? But but I know some of them, possibly they were overthinking it. And just because I gave them that comforting perspective, they are like, hey, it stopped. Yeah, I'm like, it's perspective. Or and like a it's suggestion, infection. right? Yeah. Correct. And sometimes you'll be like, oh, do I need to go and fi- find like a shaman to like help me get the rid plans of this? or whatever, yeah, plans. yeah. Can. If you believe in that shaman and the intent they put into their work and mm. you believe the intent will help get rid of it, go ahead. But here is my little prayer to you. I pray for it to go away right now because it does not have power over yep. you. And sometimes that's just enough. They don't even need to go through all those things that, that people have to put themselves through, like yep. rituals and all. Yep. No need. Like That is our very dramatic way of like saying, like, okay, something is done because we see something tangible. Mm. Why can't you just set an intention and be very clear? I gave no power to this person um, in my experience or this entity or this ghost. It's back to intention, every single thing.
0: Because the idea of acknowledging that you have a say in it is... It's quite weird because if, let's say, if it's like a, let's say the, the, the shaman comes and cleanses it, there is this drama of him doing the part, playing the part, doing the thing, or let's say the feng shui thing as well. Yeah. It could be considered a placebo because you are seeing the intent. You are, you are, I guess, foregoing your intent onto others. You let yes. him do it for you and you see it. So it's the visual as well.
1: Because in our society, we are like, I pay money for a professional to help me with for a service yes for that service and and the deed is done yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that but like that's our our mind's way of living through this conditioned way mm-hmm. of being like. and i have a lot of people who come tell me like how do you read the tarot you need to be psychic i'm like no you just read the picture on the cards they're like no it's not that simple i'm like yes it's that simple that's how i learned because yep. i did not believe in it yep. and they're like how do you be so intuitive you're born with it i'm like all of us are born with it. Are you tapping into it? And just that shifting perspective has allowed a lot of my students who come for my workshops to see like, hey, actually, I can do it also. And I'm like, yeah, you don't need me for your reading anymore. Perfect. You know, like the goal is for everyone to be able to do their own readings and to have that level of self-awareness Um, through your practice of yoga or through reading the cards for yourself, whatever modality works for you. Just understand yourself. Just be present with yourself and, and use whatever helps you. And ideally, because time is a real thing in this reality <laughs> that we live in, you want to do it in the shortest span of time in the least painful way possible. Mm. Isn't that the goal? Anyways, yeah, for all experiences.
0: I think the idea of acknowledging that you don't have this is a lot more forgiving than knowing that you have it, but you're not living up to it. (laughs) Uh,
1: Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Like... Oh, it's so easy. I'm gonna start using that to <laughs> tell my students. Also oh, easy, right? Just say you're not intuitive, right? <laughs> then after that, you can you can say like, okay, law, I I give my money to someone else to do it for because care. it's a form
0: of self-soothing yourself. That because it's, it's the uh, the whole talent thing with creativity. Oh, I'm yeah. not talented enough. But you 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 kind of have this idea that all oh, talent is given, is bestowed. Sure, to a certain degree, yeah. but hard work is. A large part. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that's a larger part to it. And like, it's your perspective. I think like for the longest time, I told myself like, I can't do this, can't do that. And the moment I told myself, fuck it, I'm just going to play and try, right? I realized like, firstly, there's a lot more liberating because I don't have to be good at it. Mm. Secondly, like, I'm actually having fun with it. And because I have fun, there's no mental block. I can truly excel in all these different things.
0: It's funny how it works out like
2: that.
1: It does. And it's the same as you telling a child, like, you're really smart versus another one that's like, you're really stupid. Mm. The one who's, who, who you've told, like, is smart, right? Might not be really smart, but then they actually get a confidence at the very least, yep. right? And that confidence can bring them to many places. Yep. Yeah. And I, I believe like, a lot of us hate people who are very cocky because they can have nothing, and then they can still portray themselves in that way. Like yep. it takes a certain level of bravery to show up like mm-hmm. that. You would think, but but it's mindset. It's your mindset, and and again, that first intent for someone to have told that kid that that kid was smart. Back to intention. Yep. Yeah,
0: I have I have two remaining questions before we end this uh podcast. The first of which, um, I'm curious to know what does growth look like to you.
1: In my own lived experience, growth looks like having the ability to understand your point of view and that of another.
0: Could you elaborate a little bit more on that? What does that mean? Being
1: able to see from different perspectives. That is growth. And then to truly live into that wisdom. um, It is integration in your lived experience. So if the same trigger shows up um, in another person, are you able to forgive mm-hmm. yourself and the person in that situation fast enough? Yep. How long before you finally let go? Yeah, I think that is very telling of whether or not you really learn from your past experiences. Yeah, that's how you measure growth. Yep. I feel like.
0: It's yeah. interesting that we have this peer-to-peer uh, soothing system that we are able to see I think something we experienced maybe years ago in someone else's yeah. and maybe if we have that connection to the other person, we might be willing to step up and talk about it. It's peer-to-peer, like. it's not to yeah. to some central authority but we're just helping each other like that.
1: It's That's what it looks like to be human at the end of the day, right? How are you connecting with another individual? How are you able to relate to them mm. without Maybe having to live through the same experience. Exactly. Uh, maybe you've lived the opposite end and you're able to shed light for, for them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I used to cheat on my partner. Like, for example, mm-hmm. and, and then like this was my experience and I've, I've thankfully not been cheated on. I don't think it's a very pleasant thing to have to go through, but like because I've had friends who have been in that situation and, and then I've had friends who also been cheated on, like I get to hear both sides of things and I'm like, I don't want to live through this glad to have heard your stories can relate now to more friends who have gone through it yeah and and then because of this can also talk about Polly and Marie and why it is a perfect solution <laughs> to many different issues here <laughs> but but yeah it's the ability to connect and relate and empathize mm. um, with another yeah I think that's what it is in how you measure growth and and yeah, it's the connection portion.
0: So my last question for you is, um, what does success look like to you right now?
1: What a great question to have today. Remind myself, what does success look like to me? Acknowledging all that I've um, managed to have gone through and, and, and have been through. Um, all the milestones I've I've managed to hit, um, the ability to manifest cancellations mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: without even having to sit down and then journal it down and, and be like, yeah, I manifest. It's it's just like that full-on surrendering and trust. So success looks like to me being able to surrender but still feel like I'm in control of my life. It's quite
0: paradoxical, isn't it?
1: It is, but... Yeah, Lord, that's why my life purpose is to like shed light on all these areas. Yeah. And, and, and to share, share this, this message that is so simple, um, to vocalize, but so hard to appreciate in experience. Mm. Yeah.
0: Before we end, is there anything else you would like to talk about?
1: No, I, but I love the name of the podcast (laughs) 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 for many different reasons. I think it's really, it's really cute. Um, yeah. And, and I hope for people to be able to find peace in all the noise that they are and, and chaos that they are living through and with. And I think there's a lot of value in being able to acknowledge, um, one's experience through the lived emotions and even the ones that you've actively tried to block out maybe try take a moment to to read up on mindfulness or or get back into a certain practice that you know used to help yourself the practices that have helped you doesn't help you anymore be okay with changing trajectory and trying new things There's expiration date to everything but you can always go back to it when when and if you have to there's no one way to do things yeah
0: before we end where can people find you online where yeah please
1: yeah so on Instagram and YouTube I'm gonna start posting more content um, Transmission Wellness um, and otherwise on my website transmissionwellness.net yeah that's where they can find me Uh, not gonna share my personal page if they find it they find it (laughs) 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 but yeah, I, I hope to be able to connect with more individuals and, and and if it's aligned, we'll we'll be able to work on their traumas, their healing, and if there's space for collaboration, also very happy to work with different people and in different industries for different projects. Yeah. Before
0: we, and I'm curious to know, when you were young, do you imagine yourself to be in this position right now?
1: No lah. I okay. always saw all these things very weird and, and creepy, you know, like- I would watch those shows and I'll get creeped out. Yep. Like, yeah, I I thought like okay, quite interesting, magical. Like, mm-hmm. but I was super dubious and and suspicious about all these things, and I hate like anything, like so. I'll be like, yeah, so superstitious. I always thought people who went to like tarot card readers were stupid mm-hmm. because it's a bunch of cards. How can you trust it? But I mean, now I understand it's just a tool, anyways. So different perspective. Um. No, I would have never imagined. I thought I was going to be a designer. Mm. But I guess I'm a creative in this way and this is my modality and my medium. And I design experiences now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to say. <laughs> I, de- I design experiences in, in this kind of um, truthful and, and sincere, vulnerable, intimate communications. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, thank you for your time. This has been a fantastic and engaging episode. Thank you.
1: Yeah, You're most welcome. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.